following podcast is recorded and produced by the Podcast Precinct in affiliation with the network at BICBP-radio.com. The Podcast Precinct. Consistency. Creativity. Culture. Everybody, my name is Chris Gillow. Join alongside producer extraordinaire Jonathan Ash. Hello, and it's another edition of Rediscovering the Indies, an independent wrestling history podcast. And Ash, I was thinking about it. We, we we've been doing this for quite some time here. Uh, I think we're. Uh, I think this summer is going to be two years. Yeah, uh, where did the time go? Yeah, as uh, and I reason why I bring that up is is we've been uh, talking off air about the Burt Prentice episodes. And we, it might go into the summer. <laughs> so, but we have gotten a lot of great feedback. Um, had a little shout out of the episode on Between the Sheets. So, thank you for that, David Bixen Span. Um, but, uh, one thing, all the support of everybody listening. Uh, you know, we've been, our lives have been a little busy, hectic. Social media hasn't been as, uh, frequent as usual. And our listener base has not dropped. So we really thank you guys for sticking with us and enjoying every topic. And it's really appreciative. And uh, we'll talk about it a little bit more here. But if you're listening to this before WrestleMania week and you see Asher, myself, and we'll give our shills at the end, but at uh, in Dallas, please stop and say hi and talk to us. We're very approachable. We, you know, any of the listeners, uh, you know, we, we want to talk anything with you wrestling related. So. Um, but yeah, I want to thank for the constant support we've been getting, uh, um, really appreciate that. Uh, uh, but yeah, so we started, we did part one, which I'll give a couple more thank yous. Thank you to the podcast precinct and, uh, uh, Matt Johnson over there, um, at the BICPP radio network. But, uh, yeah, uh, as we get into things here, uh, this is part two of a Burt Prentice deep dive. And what we're really trying to focus on is Burt Prentice's promoting career. We talked a little bit of the managing, but we're really focusing on how entrepreneurial this guy was, how many promotions he just started within a whim and ended in a whim. And uh, the people along the way that he interacted with and uh, our first episode, which I expected to go deeper into Burt's history. I thought we were going to be into like music city and all that, which we'll talk about today, but no, uh, it went, it went only through the USWA stuff, him being involved with uh, big D wrestling, just the beginning of Ozark mountain. And he had, he, he had a couple promotions that he ran in Texas and, and all that. And, uh, and I think Kansas, right. If I remember. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, so, uh, I'm really excited for for part two here, uh, and I guess we'll get right into it, Ash. Uh, here, so we'll start where where we left off was the first show that they had for Ozark Mountain Wrestling, and we'll get into that second show here. This is from the February 6, nineteen ninety five Observer, uh, January thirtieth in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Ozark Mountain Wrestling Motley Crew beat Dave Murray. Steve Sexton Sexton beat Spider One. Lightning Express beat Sexton and Rick Butler. Colorado Kid beat Romeo Valentino. And AJ Alzado and Crew beat the Spiders. Disqualification. So a lot of double duty. <laughs> um, But 
here's something that I and I have not done any research on this, uh, so I could be completely wrong. But I don't think this is Motley Crue. I think that's a a, a spell correct. I think this is Motley Crue's and the infamous Motley Crue's from the Jump and Jeff Farmer promo. <laughs> I very well could be. I, I could be wrong. I could absolutely be wrong. <laughs> like, hey, Meltzer wasn't known for his uh, great spelling back in the day. Um, yeah, like, I could be absolutely wrong. Uh, but actually, I, he does I, he does list it later on the notes as Motley Cruz C R Z. So, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Guy, this has got to be the guy. So, so it's probably like someone was probably reporting it to Dave as Motley Cruz, and he thought it was a misspelling, so he fixed it as Motley Crew, and then someone. Someone a few months later probably finally corrected him. So, and, yeah, uh, it would be Motley Cruz. So, I'm looking at Motley Cruz cage match here, and uh, doesn't really, it, it's very gapped out, but it it has a USWA 1996 result. There's nothing from 88 to 96. 88 the AWA. Uh, apparently, he was in the AWA. This could be also a different Motley Cruz. Um, but what's what's weird, and, and, and if anyone knows the information on what we're referring to at Motley Cruz is the infamous uh, video. It was one of the first, I think, viral wrestling videos uh, uh, back in, like, you know, the, the message board days. And what it was is there's this guy jumping Jeff Farmer, cutting a promo, and he's scared out of his mind. And he's wrestling this guy named Motley Cruz. And it's, it's some probably late 80s, early 90s territory small territory or i don't know who it was and i don't know if anyone's ever said who it really was or where it was based out of it. if they are please tell us but yeah it was this this promo this guy was nervous and he's just like yep yeah yep <laughs> uh the, not an intimidating promo and it, if anybody watched the uh the wwe uh thing where uh what was that called? South Paul Regional Wrestling? They made yes. fun of that with one of their characters. So uh Motley Cruz is on Facebook. Uh it was oh. linked off it was linked off of his cage match, so I just sent you the link actually. All right. In our group chat. So uh yeah, uh it he's listed as uh tag team champion at EPW Wrestling, so I think he's still working at sixty two years old. Wow. Yep, yeah, it, he's he's got a lot of feds listed here. Uh, lives in lives in Mississippi, so that would kind of make sense that he would work around that region. Um, yeah, this 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 might be the uh, the Motley Cruz from the Jump and Jeff Farmer promos, but yeah. So the things this is why I love doing this this show is is we'll do these topics and things have nothing do you think to do with the topic will just make their way in here. <laughs> So yeah, so a Motley Crue sighting there uh, in uh, January 30th in Ozark Mountain Wrestling. Now, this one, the February 13, 1995 Observer, Cactus Jack is scheduled to work February 20th to February 23rd in Arkansas for Burt Prentice's Ozark Mountain Wrestling. The group starts on TV in Jonesboro, Arkansas on February 18th. 
They've got 17 shows scheduled for February, which is an awful lot for a small group running weekly shows in several Arkansas towns. Actually, that's more than any group in the United States except WWF, which has 23 shows will run this month. And uh, listed in that observer was a result from February 6th. Uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas, 275 people. Uh, Steve Sexton beat superstar Romeo Valentino. Uh, I'm sorry, sir. Super Sexton beat Superstar. That's just the name. Romeo Valentino beat Sean Holt. The Lightning Express, not the original, beat the Dynamic Duo. J.R. Alzado beat Rick Butler. The Colorado Kid beat Motley Cruz. And the Spiders went to disc- double disqualification with the Glamour Boys. Um, do we think the Spiders are the headbangers here? Uh, the time frame fits. So it very well could be. Um, let me look that up. While you're looking, while you're looking that up here, um, I do kind of want to talk. Uh, so Cactus Jack, and we're going to talk about Cactus Jack. He in '95 he went on this this indie run in you know ECW, uh, IWA Japan, and Ozark Mountain, and he and he showed up at a few other places too. Um, and it really like he talks about how it was the most funny. He's just like, I'm just going to be a free agent. I think he could have been renewed by WCW. If that's the story, but he didn't uh, want if, to be. If no, if I remember right, he asked for his release. Yes. For his release. Okay. In yes. 94. Yeah. I think he saw, he showed up at beach brawl or no, whatever, whatever one he wrestled, uh, Jimmy snook in for yeah. Herb Abrams, <laughs> blackjack brawl, whatever it was. Yeah, if I remember, uh, what was in his book? Uh, he, I think he saw the writing on the wall and he just he he knew where his place was in WCW and needed to needed to move on. He needed something more. Yeah, and and uh so he shows up here and we'll talk about that. But I also want to talk about this. It's nineteen ninety five, right? And the business is down. Like the business is gonna start to get a little bit better at the end of the year and ninety six obviously we know what that what that entails. But ninety five, the biz especially early ninety five, you would say the business is down. And he's doing seventeen shows in the month of February. Now, mind you, this is in the South. Yes, territory wrestling, the lineage, but Smoky Mountain's gonna go out of business in, in nine months. Yeah, and the talent of the USWA were not getting paid much either. So, like, it was down everywhere. And I do want to preface this, too, by saying, when I did the notes, when I'm pulling these results, in the Observer, uh, Dave will list results, and we'll always list, like, a special thanks section afterwards of people who sent in the results. Prentice's name was listed in the majority of those, so he sent them in himself. So the attendance figures can... They might not be 100% accurate. So 275 might have been 150. Um, to not, the indie wrestling draw, it's like, oh, yeah, that's 440. Yeah. Uh, a lot of people draw 440. Um, we'll notice it more when we go on probably next, next month uh, with how numbers are inflated. But, yeah, and when you look at this... Um, we look at some of the names here. There's a lot of names that don't really stand out as people that had long careers. Um, so it's entirely possible a lot of these guys had day jobs. And if you're within a few hours from home, like you're still working, you could still work every night of the week or most nights of the week and still 
drive home and uh, work your day job. So I, I could see a lot of these guys, like wrestling wasn't their full-time gig. And it seems that, a, yes, it's 17 shows, but it seems like a lot of them are, are on the weekends. And he probably would do double shots in the aspect of, oh, maybe you pick up a fair show in the afternoon and then you run a fire hall at night or whatever it might be. Um, Yeah, because, yeah, when you look at the dates here, like 13th to 20th, like that's you're a week apart. So like without even without even going through and looking at a calendar to see when that like what day of the week that these shows fall on i could tell like the majority of are probably on the weekends or like yes. thursday friday saturday sunday yes yeah that, that's and, and and this uh 223 show that might be just a midweek like fundraiser thing or what it might be um but uh bars 13 1995 this is uh from the uh, observer here so this is results from february 13th uh ozark mountain wrestling that drew 225 spider number one um, went to a uh, double count out with Glamour Boy number one. Um, we have Dynamic Duo beating Lightning Express, the Colorado Kid beating Romeo Valentine, J.R. Alzado and the Mast Alzado beating Rick Butler and the Crow, uh, Motley Cruz uh, beating Valentine, and the Spiders beating the Glamour Boys. So it was all about the Spiders and Glamour Boys on that show. Uh, February 20th in Jonesboro, Arkansas, 250. For this one, uh, so a little twenty-five more people a week later. Uh, the Crow beat Rick Butler. River City Bomber beat Romeo Valentine. Dynamic Duo beat the Wild Boys. Spider Two and Dynamic Duo One, who was David Murray, beat the Lightning Express. Glamour Boy One, Sean Worley, uh, or Glamour Boy, I'm sorry, uh, one, and then Sean Worley uh, went to double uh, count out with J.R. Alzado. Colorado Kid beat Cactus Cactus Jack. So there you go. You got your Cactus Jack uh, appearance. Uh, by the way, I hate sometimes the way Dave lists results. Um, just, they're just they're so weird. Uh, but yeah, now Cactus Jack's here. Um, do we think the crow might have been the first type of crow gimmick? Obviously, this is you know a year before Crow Sting even is a year and a half before we see Crow Sting. I think. Um, when did the crow the movie come out? Um. I want to say ninety four. Yeah, ninety four. That, so it, guess, yeah. it 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 yeah, could be. Yeah. Do you do you think Bert Prentice was booking topical characters at that point, <laughs> especially for that area? Or just might have been a guy that was like, "Hey, I really like this movie, The Crow." Yeah. Um, I mean, if you go down, if 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 you go to some of these uh, uh, small indies, there's there's still crow type gimmicks. <laughs> there, it was a huge backyard gimmick for a while. <laughs> yes. There is, Uh-oh. there's nothing on cage match for the crow. So, you know, it could just be a guy in a mask in a in a bird mask. <laughs> I I would enjoy that. I would enjoy that actually more. <laughs> uh, Fe- February twenty third, Paragold, Arkansas, Ozark Road Wrestling, uh, two twenty five, Lightning Express. Uh, Ricky beat Dave Murray. Jr. Alzado beat Crow. Uh, now he's now he's just Crow. Uh, oh, Lightning uh, Express beat Predators. Spider two beat Sean Worley and Colorado Kid beat Cactus Jack. So I just typed in Crow into Cage Match, and not the Crow, but just Crow. Uh, that was a name Kid Cash used. Now, is this Kid Cash? I, I don't it, want it to. Could, it, it might make sense. He started in late 80s, so it could be. I just, we have no way of knowing without actually 
like tweeting him and asking him if if he worked Ozark Martin Mountain, but like it could it could be. I'm not saying it's not, but I'm also not saying it is. But he did use that name. Uh, March 20th, 1995 observer. Uh, we have results from March 6th in Jonesboro, Arkansas. No, uh, no numbers here, uh, for attendance must, must've been less than 200. Uh, Rick Burden beat Billy Hodge. J.R. Alzado beat Tim Hansen. Kenny Kelly beat dirty little Dave by disqualification. Uh, Romeo Valentine beat the river city bomber. The spiders beat the lightning express and Cotter kid beat Rod price from Texas fame. Uh, now we have March 27, 1995. We have in Paragold, Arkansas, Ozar Wrestling, Gerald Zato uh, and Tim ha- defeated Tim Hansen. Uh, Lightning Express, Greg Jones and Ricky Steele beat Spider 2, Chaz Warrington. Yep, that's them. And Dirty Little Dave, DQ, Rick Burden beat Steve Stratton. Colorado Kid beat Spider number two. And a Kid won a battle royal. Um, so, yeah, so th- that is confirmed. This is the Headbangers. It's the headbangers uh, get right before they they. St- I think they might be in Smoky Mountain at this time, but they were in Smoky Mountain like towards the end. Uh, they they, get- they debut a little bit later because I, I yeah. remember that's in the notes. Uh, March thirteenth, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh, Rick Burden, uh, Jason Stevenson. Um, I guess they, that they're saying that he was Rick Burton, uh, defeated Steve Stratton. Lightning Express beat the dynamic duo Dave Murray and Billy Hodge. Romeo Valentine beat the River City Bomber. Dirty Little Dave Murray beat Sean Taylor. Uh, Tim Hansen beat J.R. Alzado. And the Spiders Glenn Ruth and Chaz Warrington beat the Assassins. And Colorado Kid beat Cactus Jack by disqualification. So, I mean, for 1995, you got a lot of local guys. Um, I don't really know most of these guys, like, you know, how they worked or what they look like, but to, to run a, a, a promotion that's running weekly in Arkansas and you got Cactus Jack and the Headbangers on it, not too shabby. Yeah. I mean, at that time, like, Cactus Jack was still, not that he wasn't a big name, but, like, he still has some name value coming off of WCW. Uh, we got a March 15th uh, result here from Wynn, Arkansas, and the same observer. Uh, none of these have attendance, by the way. Rick Burton beat Steve Stratton. Dirty Little Dave beat Sean Taylor. Romeo Valentine beat River City, River City Bomber. Tim Anson beat Gerald Zato, and the Spiders beat the Lightning Express. And then in March 18th of Paragold, we have Spider number one beat Ricky Steele. Greg Jones beat Steve Stratton. The Colorado Kid beat Rip Rogers. Spiders beat Lightning Express. Man Mountain Mike, obviously not the original, uh, Meltzer says. And Colorado Kid beat the Lightning Express. Or, and Lightning Express, I'm sorry, beat Rogers and Spiders and Stratton. Rip Rogers showing up here. So I like how they're doing the, the old uh, Texas mentality of... You know, you just book. You basically book six people, and you just you do singles matches, you do tag match, and then you end with like a eight man tag. And and that's so like, and I know you've experienced, and I have too. We've been in independent shows where it's usually like sold shows, like fundraisers or stuff like that, and that's usually how those turn out. <laughs> or birthday parties, like there's a couple singles yeah. matches, and it turns into a big six man tag. Well, yeah, because you're. You get these sold shows, which basically means, for anyone that doesn't know, that uh, a company or like a, a, a business will come to you, either like a uh, fire hall, uh, like a fire department, police athletic league, school, 
and they're just like, hey, we want a wrestling show. We want to put on a wrestling show here. We have three grand, five grand, whatever it is to give you to put on this wrestling show. And you agree, and then you that's your the money you get, the three, five grand, whatever you agree on. That's 100% of all. That's all you get. And then the ticket money goes, 100% of that goes to the charity or the, the local business that paid you. And a lot of times, especially in indie wrestling, you do these – and who you book is depending on how much money you make. And uh, we've done a lot of those where the money is very, very low. So the promotion will stick to six matches. And usually one of them is a tag match or six man with people from earlier on in the show. So you're trying to do it with like six or eight total wrestlers, one referee, you try to keep it at bare minimum because that's really the only way to make money on these. Yeah, and it's usually a lot of like uh, wrestlers getting their first shows. Not the whole card, obviously, but. Well, yeah, those the ones we've worked. That's pretty much what it is, too. You're getting you're getting a lot of students that you're throwing twenty bucks to, and maybe like a maybe someone's a, a few dollars more, but they're all like young wrestlers or all local wrestlers at that point too all right we will uh move on to april 10 1995 here cactus jack won the ozark mountain version of the north american title from colorado kid mike rapata on march 20th in jonesboro arkansas ricky morton and tracy smothers have also appeared for this group over the past two weeks and buddy landell is scheduled to debut on april 10th so some more star power coming in here and we'll go down here and the results, uh, March 20th in Jonesboro, Arkansas, Man Mountain Mike uh, beat Steve Stratton, Dirty Little Day beat Kenny Kelly, River City Bomber beat Romeo Valentino, Billy Hodge beat Sean Taylor, Gerald Zato beat Tim Hansen, Rip Rogers beat Rick Burton, Lightning Express beat the Spiders by disqualification, and Cactus Jack defeated the Colorado Kid to win the North American title. Uh, March 22nd in Wynn, Arkansas, Sean Taylor beat Kenny Kelly, the Spiders beat Rick Burton and Romeo Valentine. Uh, Valentine, uh, I like how he's Valentine or Valentino. <laughs> It's uh, Valentina beat the River City Bombers. J.R. Alzado beat Tim Hansen, and Hansen won a battle royal. Uh, in Pit- now these are like the twentieth, the twenty second. Now here's the twenty third, folks. In Pigeon, Arkansas, Ozark Mountain Wrestling. Tim Hansen beat J.R. Alzado. Man Mountain Mike beat Steve Stren. Spider Two beat Hansen. Colorado Kid beat Spider One. Kid and Hansen and Taylor and Mike uh, beat the Spiders and Stren and Alzado. March 24th in Harrisburg, Arkansas. The Spiders beat the Lightning Express. Tim Hansen uh, beat Steve Stratton. Kenny Kelly beat Sean Taylor. Colorado Kid beat Rick Burden. March 25th in Paragold, Arkansas. Colorado Kid beat Steve Stratton. Tasha Simone Love beat Mimi Kennedy. Man Mountain Mike beat Rick Burden. Spider Spider 1 defeated Spider 2. And the Colorado Kid beat Spider 2. So Spider 2, just two matches lost in a row. Yeah. Um, by the way, a, I like how the spiders wrestled each other. Yeah, that's a weird result on there. Um, but I noticed too those two shows only f- four matches on the one, five on the other. So, like, it's a little bit of a fair circuit. The twenty second, twenty third, twenty fourth, twenty fifth, all together. Yeah, but like obviously keeping everything small, keeping like a small crew. Uh, we but we have more from that week. Uh, we have March twenty seventh at Jonesboro. We have Ricky Morton beat Steve Stratton. Rick Burden beat Mike Broadway. Greg Jones uh, and Ricky Steele 
uh, and Jer- Jerry Oswald and Ricky Glenn and, and Jerry Alzado defeated Tim Manson, uh, or so no, Greg Jones and Ricky Steele and Jerry Oswald, Ricky Glenn. Yeah, this result's weird. <laughs> Beat Tim Anson the Spiders, Sean Taylor, and Kenny Kelly. Okay. Tracy Smothers beat the River. Sorry, folks, if I sound jumbled. Uh, Tracy Smothers beat the River City Bomber, and Romeo Valentino beat Oswald, and the Spiders beat Morton and Smothers. So, now so that actually- definitely that definitely sounded like a fair show. Yes. That they brought in Ricky Morton. Uh, he's the big name for the show. And him, well, him and Tracy Smothers. And then you just try to get, his, you just try to get everyone to work double duty. Yeah, that's it. And yeah, we got a big, big eight man tag there. Um, uh, actually, was it? Yeah, just a, it was a ten man tag. Um, but yeah, and y- yeah, you got Smothers now. Now you got Ricky Morton. So we've had Smothers, Morton, Cactus Jack, Rip Rogers. Uh, definitely some name value that are being added to these Ozark Mountain shows. Uh, on April first, uh, we have Sean Taylor, and this is in Paragold, Arkansas. Sean Taylor beating Rick Burton. Lightning Express beating the Spiders by disqualification. J.R. Alzado beat Tim Hansen. Candy Divine beat Tasha Simone Love. And the Colorado Kid and Hansen beat the Spiders. I believe this was also around the time that uh, Cornette was starting to let his talent work USWA and elsewhere. Uh, and work in spot shows because his business was down. He wanted guys to still be able to make money. There were so that, Bo James too, I think, right? Yeah, yeah. Um this is also, I believe, the time that like Ricky Morton and Tracy Smothers, uh, their their girlfriends had issues. Uh, I don't remember that time frame from that in uh, during the Smoky Mountain era, but it was it resulted in Ricky Morton being fired from Smoky Mountain for a little while. Um, if that was around this time, then that's kind of strange that both of them are on the show. Yeah, that is strange. Um. Yeah, the, yeah, I forgot about that controversy. Yeah, that is unless this is right before it happened. Oh no, it happened. It happened in uh, it happened a few months later. Okay, yeah. So it's, <laughs> that that event hasn't happened yet. August August ninety five. Ricky Morton was fired from both Smoky Mount and USWA at the same time, uh, due to his girlfriend getting into a fight with Tracy's mother's girlfriend. Basically, all four people were at a bar in Tennessee on July 8th, and Morton got into a very loud argument with longtime girlfriend that led to him getting beat up by her. Uh, so then Smothers' fiance jumped in and started beating on, beating on Ricky's girlfriend to get her off Morton, and then finally everyone calmed down, decided to go over to her house. But it, it, it's a whole story. Uh, just Google it. It'll probably yeah, take us a half an hour if we went through everything, but like that's a pretty known story out there. I know Cornette has talked about it at length. Um, That was a big blow up in that area as well, because you couldn't at that point. Yeah. Ricky got debooked from Smoky Mountain USWA. You couldn't book if you were booking him or Tracy, you couldn't book the other. So it was a very, uh, was it was a very hot topic at that point in time. So I want to, bring up something here before we get into the next point and i want to talk about shows during the week and you see here in 1995 they're still doing it uswa is doing it smoky mountain is doing it um 
But we have now been so ingrained. I'm sure it's happening somewhere, but we've been so ingrained in the independent wrestling style to have shows on the weekend. You know, obviously you got your Monday Night Raws and your um, AEW Dynamites and all that that happens during the week. But like an independent promotion or even like an impact or something like that, usually they don't run live shows during the week. I understand lots changed, but and and were people working and all that but like really what is it 1995 getting somebody to go on a show at a Tuesday night a wrestling show compared to 2022 I mean you probably draw the same 250 but still I I don't think it'd be, it's it's surprising that it's not done now Yeah uh I the way I used to always rationalize it is that we're being in the northeast where we are um we're used to weekend shows back in the, the territory system. That's just what this area this area was known for. Uh, WWE mostly ran on the weekends, World Wrestling Federation. Uh, and down south, of course, it was every night of the week. Um, I think today's fans are just ingrained in their mind that you only, you mostly do shows on the weekends. So I, I don't know if it it would really draw 250 if someone runs a if an indie promotion runs a show on a Tuesday. Um, I know there's there's companies that do. I know there's companies that still do that in the South. Thursdays um, seem to do okay, but Thursday I think you're like a little bit into the weekend. Yeah, um, Thursdays don't do as well as Fridays. Um, Fridays don't do as well as, sat- as Saturdays. Um, Sunday afternoons don't do as well as Saturdays. And, of course, there's exceptions to every rule. Um, well, because but... I think Saturday you get the whole day. And I think Sunday you're like, oh, i got to go to work tomorrow. Yeah. Like for the common person. But so you worked that 2CW show that ran out of Monday night, right? How did that do? Um, That drew very well. That was our biggest draw in the American Legion post in Binghamton. Biggest we've ever done there. But that was also because we had Rob Van Dam in 2013 um and it was shortly after after rob van dam was announced as returning to wwe so i think he was announced that he was coming back to wwe like two weeks before the show so he had we had that going for us um but yeah there's exceptions like i said there's exceptions to every rule uh, on that, um, it was once rationalized to me by a promoter when I first started about Friday shows because I worked for a company in Rochester that only did Friday shows and they did pretty well. Um, they rarely did anything other than Friday shows, and the way that it was rationalized to me at that point was they ran a company that was primarily marketed to families and kids, so their explanation was. If you run a show on a Saturday, uh, everyone makes plans. If you have children, you have a family, you make plans on every weekend. And everything else happens. There's festivals going on. There's little league games going on. Um, and a lot. And even if there's nothing going on, Saturday morning, Saturday afternoon, you find stuff to do with your kids. You're around the house. You're cutting the lawn. And then you just lose track of time as opposed to a Friday 
when your plan is kids are going to kids are at school, you're at work, you come home, you have dinner, and you really don't have anything planned to do anything during a weekday. So that's where like, hey, what are you gonna do? Oh, there's wrestling tonight. Let's let's go ten minutes down the street to go to the wrestling show. There's some truth in that. Um, so I think that that there is advantages to running on a Friday, running on a weekday like that. Um, of course, the if you're running something like that with a with a promotion with kids, you have to start rather early. You can't go too late. So myself, I have worked shows on Wednesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Saturdays, and Sundays. I've never worked a show on a Monday, and I've never worked a show on a Tuesday. You have worked a show on a Monday, and I know you've worked all those other dates. Because uh, the Wednesday show, I'm speaking of the old fair shows we used to do uh, for STW. Um, but Tuesday, Tuesday has to be the elusive day. There's probably very rarely any independent workers that have that have started after 2000 that have ever worked on a Tuesday. <laughs> Unless I, it was a SmackDown day. <laughs> yeah, I... I don't remember uh, actually working Tuesday shows. Like when I first started training, I would go down with my trainer and uh, fellow students to a company in Barberton, Ohio, that would run shows at a uh, at a bar on Tuesdays. I never actually worked those shows, but I went to those shows. I know that's uh, a lot of talent in Ohio got their start on those shows on Tuesdays. And they did okay. Um, yeah, like Tuesdays, Thursdays, a lot of those are fair shows around here in the Northeast. Those always do well, but it's also, they do well because they're fair shows and you have you have people going to the fair um, and then they're hanging around, sticking around for wrestling. Yeah, because the fair show we always did was Wednesdays, I believe. Yeah, uh, well, that was the one company. Another company ran the same fair would do Thursdays, like matinee shows, and they did well. But again, that's different because it's, I, I, I see those as different as they're a fair show. So fairs will usually typically run for a week to 10 days, maybe more. Um, but generally they run every day and then you have people going, like you have kids off during the summer, you have parents that might take the day off to go to the fair. So that's different. I don't consider that the same as just running a show at a local, local farmer's market or a local, uh, convention hall or American Legion post or VFW on a Wednesday night or a Thursday night. All right. Uh, so, so we had a little dive off topic, but I mean, it's something that, you know, I not talked about a lot. The, the weekly shows have really shows during the week have really gone away uh, over the last 20 or so years. Um, so, yeah, we'll go to the April 17, 1995 uh, observer here. Tracy Smothers, Cactus Jack, and Buddy Landell were scheduled to work Ozark Mountain Wrestling on April 10th in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Jack defends the group's North American title against Colorado Kid on top. Spider number two versus Smothers and Landell versus Scotty McKeever. Uh, April 3rd, Jonesboro and Ozark Mountain. Randy Rocket beat R- River City Bomber. Man Mountain Mike and Lightning Express beat Rick Byrne in the Nightmares, but that's David Oswald and Rick Glenn. Uh, we have Tasha Simone beating Candy Divine by disqualification. Uh, in a chain match, Tim Hansen beat J.R. Alzado. Tracy Smothers and the Colorado Kid beat the Spiders, Glenn Ruth and Chaz Warrington. April 5th, the win Arkansas. We got Ken Kelly beating Sean Taylor. 
Rick Burden beating Mike Broadway, Randy Rocket beating the River City Bomber, Gerald Zato beating Tim Hansen, the Spiders beating the Colorado Kid and Randy Rocket. And then we have in Paragold on April 8th, we have Matt Mom and Mike beating Steve Stren, Randy Rocket beating the Crow, Spiders beating the Lightning Express, and the Colorado Kid beating Rick Burden, and Kid winning a Battle Royal. So uh, the Spiders and the Lightning Express definitely work at each other a lot. <laughs> yeah. It's like they're the only really two tag, true tag teams. I mean, pretty much are. Um, now, folks, what I love about when we do dives like this is the the names. Like, we discovered the Headbangers. Wait till you hear this next name. The Colorado Kid, this is from April 24th, 1995, observed. The Colorado Kid regained Ozark Mountain North American title from Cactus Jack on April 10th in Jonesboro. Buddy Lindell and Tracy Smothers have also worked the group over the past few weeks, and Mike Samples was set to debut this week. Smothers and Doug Basham are reviving the Southern Boys tag team gimmick. Uh, we'll go into the results and we'll circle back to this. But the results from the, that week were April 10th, Jonesboro, Arkansas, Ozark Mountain Wrestling, Steve Hurt defeated Randy Rocket, Danny Broadway beat Dave Lynch, Greg Jones and Ricky Steele beat Ricky Mer- beat Rick Burn and Steve Stratton. Spider number one beat Man Mountain Mike. Buddy Landell beat Scotty McKeever. The Spider two beat Tracy Smothers. And then for the North American title, the Colorado Kid beat Cactus Jack to win the title. So Colorado Kid back on top there. April 11th, the Paragold, we have Rick Burden beating Randy Rocket. Shane Hurt, that's a new name now, uh, beating Sean Taylor. Gerald Zato beat Mac Daddy. Man Mountain Mike beat Steve Strand. Scotty McKeever beat David Lynch. Greg Jones and Ricky Steele beat Spiders. Colorado Kid beat the Buddy beat Buddy Landell by disqualification. Must have been a, a, a new car that came here. Because <laughs> there's like four new names here. Uh, April 20th. 12th and win Arkansas. Uh, Buddy Landell beat Ricky Randy Rocket. Uh, Sean Taylor beat Steve Stratton. The Spiders beat Colorado Kid and Tracy Smothers. Sean Taylor beat Mac Daddy by disqualification. And Scotty McKeever beat David Lynch. And we have April 13th, Hardy, Arkansas. That's a new town we haven't seen. Uh, Spider 2 beat Scotty McKeever. Man Mountain Knight beat Steve Stratton. Colorado Kid beat David Lynch. Uh, J.R.L. Zato beat Sean Taylor. And the Colorado Kid won a Battle Royal. And lastly, in this uh, Observer Report, April 15th, the Paragold, J.R.L. Zato beat Randy Rocket, Shane Hurt beat Steve Stratton, Colorado Kid beat Rick Burton, and the Spiders beat Greg Jones and Ricky Steele. So that last, it, the the show before in Hardy, how much you would make a bet that that Battle Royal just featured everyone that was previously on the, sh- on the show uh, and the other matches? 100%. Yes. You have four, you have four matches, right? One, two, three. Yeah, you have four matches and the Battle Royal was probably an eight-man Battle Royal. And, you know, I said it there, folks. Doug Basham. We got a Doug Basham appearance here at Ozark Mountain Wrestling. Doug Basham, people, people, uh, I was surprised to learn this. I think I learned this a couple years ago that he started quite, quite a few years before OVW. Yeah, I think it was like 92 or 93, if I remember right. So yeah, he, he had quite the, the experience. Um, so yeah, that's another interesting name. So so far, you know, I mean, Bert's got we got all these locals, but he but he's had Ricky Morton, he's had Cactus Jack, he's had Rip Rogers, he's had Tracy Smothers, uh, you know, and Doug Basham would become a name as well as the Headbangers. 
Yeah, Mike Samples, <laughs> you know. Yeah, Mike, Mike Samples always a you know U, a USWA ma- mainstay here. He's basically working every company uh, and he's around that running time a company area. in Indiana at the time too. I think too. Yeah. Uh, May 1st, 1995, from the Observer, Tracy Smothers teams with Dick Murdoch, representing the South for Burt Prentice, uh, April 24th in Jonesboro, Arkansas, Mountain Wrestling against the Spiders. Buddy Landell is working the top singles heel slot against Colorado Kid. Tommy Rich is set to debut on May 1st, teaming with Landell against Colorado Kid and Cactus Jack. Uh, we have April 17th in Jonesboro, the Wolfman beating Sean Taylor. We got the Wolfman, okay. Ricky Steele beating Greg Jones. Uh, Rick Steele and Greg Jones, sorry, beating Rick Burton and Shane Hurt. Mike Samples beating Flash Flanagan, USWA uh, fame. Um, Man Mountain Mike beats Steve Stratton. Spiders beats Tracy Smothers and Tim Hansen. And then Buddy Landell beat the Colorado Kid by disqualification. Um, but yet we, we got Flash Flanagan here. Uh, facing Mike Samples, Flash Flanagan uh, was in uh, WWE in their uh, late heavyweight tournament, if I remember correctly. Yes. Um, and uh, yeah, we get we got Landell, we got Smothers uh, on this card as well. April twenty second, Paragold, we got Greg Jones beating Rick Burton, Flash Flanagan beating Shane Hurt, Steve Stratton beating Mountain Man Mike. Uh, Burton and Hurt beating Sean Taylor and Jones and Colorado Kid beat Mike Samples. And uh, it, it, please, if you have feedback, if this sounds too monotony, you know, we do apologize. We're just trying to kind of paint a picture here with these results. We these we were lucky to find all these results because they are not on Cage Match and they are not easy to find. <laughs> so uh, might be sounding a little repetition with the results, but, you know, it's history, right? Um, all right here. So, uh, moving on to the May 8th, 1995 observer, Tommy Rich debut at Ozark Mountain Wrestling on May 1st in Jonesboro, Arkansas, teaming with Buddy Landell versus the Colorado Kid and Cactus Jack. Uh, this drew 400. We have a number again now, Ash. We didn't have attendance for the last few months. I, I no. question that 400 number, but <laughs> yeah, we have 400 Rick Burton and Shane Hurd beating lightning express flash Flanagan beating Mike samples man, mountain Mike beating Gerald Zato by DQ Randy Rhodes beating the wolf man, uh, Dick Murdoch and Tracy smothers beating the spiders, which are listed as Burton and Stratton here. So I wonder if this is at the point where, Oh, oh yeah, we're going to talk about the headbangers are leaving. <laughs> Yeah. So, oh, we need new spiders. Oh, you could be a spider. Uh, North American title, Colorado Kid beat Buddy Landell. So this show might have actually drew, uh, drew pretty well if you look at Dick Murdoch, Tracy Smothers, Buddy Landell. Um, I don't know. I still don't know if it, you could say it drew four hundred, but like that could be justified. And folks, you know, there's a lot of jokes made about Burt Prentice and Colorado Kid Mike Rapata. He was his top guy for a long time. Yeah, not I mean, just this, during this yeah. era, but it continues in several different companies. Several different companies. Uh, June 19th in 1995, uh, we have some Smoky Mountain Wrestling news on here. Highlights of the June 12th television tapings included the debut of the Headbangers, Moss, Chaz Warrington, and Thrasher Glenn Ruth, who were most recently the Spiders in Ozark Mountain. Um and then it just goes into some more there, but it, it says that uh, t- 
Tommy Rich, who didn't appear because he was booked at Ozark Mountain in Jonesboro, Arkansas that night, will be doing interviews airing over the next few weeks. So now, to say where Smoky Mountain's economic state is, is that people are going to work for Ozark. So Burr must be paying more than Cornette at this point. He's probably nicer to deal with. Uh, with the Spiders and Tommy Rich leaving, Ozark Mountain uh, Wrestling is using Moondogs versus Phantoms as its top feud. The Phantoms, in this case, are Mike Samples and Jerry Faith, while Phantoms working for Samples in Indiana are Faith and Troy Haste. So, yeah, so Tommy Rich looks like he's going to Smoky Mountain, but he's still at Ozark. Uh, but we got the Moondogs now coming out. <laughs> I, who knows which Moondogs? <laughs> no, I, no idea. Yeah, similar to what we talked about with the spiders, like, like how there's tag teams called the Assassins, and every company in the South had the Assassins. I've actually worked on a show with a Moon Dog. Oh, I did too. I'm sure uh, it was Moon Dog. Moon Dog Moondog Buddy in Canada. Oh no, no this the, this one I worked was uh, at a fair show in middle of nowhere, New York. So it definitely wasn't the same. No, yeah, different. See, there's still moon dogs all over the all over the USA. <laughs> that could be a T-shirt. This moon dog was a hardcore wrestler. Oh yeah, no, uh, my my moon dog, my like he's like a, yeah, uh, my moon dog was uh, that I worked with. The moon dog I worked with, he, uh, I think he still works in Canada. I think they had a hip hop gimmick at one point. Uh, he's done a couple other things, but he was also a moon dog. For AWWL. Of course he was. Yes. Of course. (laughs) We'll have to do a mini episode about AWWL one of these days. We we have to. It's too soon now with without (laughs) with with Ed Farhad and uh with with everything that's gone on there, but we definitely have to do an AWWL big time wrestling uh deep dive one of these days. All right, uh, so we'll go to uh, June 5th here, uh, Jonesboro, Arkansas. Uh, the Phantoms, Mike Samples and Jerry Faith beating the Lightning Express. Bull Payne is here. Uh, they, they be, he beat Question Mark on the results. Uh, Flash, so it must be a squash. Flash Flanagan beat Motley Cruz. Motley Cruz was off for a little bit. He's back here uh, losing to Flash Flanagan. We have the Giant Warrior beating Slick Rick. And the Moon Dogs beating the Spiders, Glenn Ruth and Chaz Warrington. Um, Ash, I'm going to need you to do your on the flight research and find me about the Giant Warrior. Uh, uh, okay. well, well, while um, you're doing that, uh, while you're I, looking for the Giant Warrior, I'll read the next <laughs> spot because the Giant Warrior is involved here. And Slick Rick, that I don't want to say that's Sick Rick Matrix, but oh, that could be Sick Rick Matrix. I don't know because it's misspelled. Like it's spelled as R I C, and he spells R I K. Because um, that could that that could just be a misspelling by Dave, and Dave might have gotten a result saying "sick Rick" and thinking that him thinking it's "slick Rick." Um, I don't know. That was around the time that uh, Rochester native "sick Rick" Matrix uh, started training at Al Snow School. And started getting out there and working around ninety mid ninety five. Last um, time we mentioned Rick Matrix on here, I got a few stories in the inbox from people, and not local people, like people who know him from like 
School of Morton and, and other territories. <laughs> I completely forget he's down there now. So like yeah, more people know him. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that I'm not saying again, not saying it is not saying it's not, but uh, it's something that could be because he was around that area th- around this time. Honestly, uh, School of Morton is going to be in Dallas. I hope to see Sickrick Matrix. So uh, Giant Warrior. Yes, tell um, me about Warrior. I don't know if this is him again. There's two that comes up that come up. One from New Jersey, one from Amarillo, Texas. I'm gonna guess uh, the Amarillo, Texas guy. Yeah. Um I think that's probably the safe one to go go with. Um he has a background in basketball. He's seven feet tall. I, I had to be, had to be. It's like American yeah, yeah. giant. Yeah. Beginning of in career in 1987, trained by Dick Murdoch and Joey Funk Jr. So if he was trained by Murdoch, it's pr- pretty much this had to have been him because Murdoch is working Ozark. So, you know, why wouldn't why wouldn't this guy work where his trainer's working? Also worked as Big Tiger Steel, a.k.a. Tiger Steel, Butch Masters, Colossus, Giant Clown, <laughs> Giant Steel. Giant Clown? It just says Giant Clown, yeah. Um... Jeff Beardham. So, uh, it says in ring experience 34 years. It doesn't say that he retired. Let's see. Has he last worked in 2017 for that's Power of Wrestling? That's not that far ago. Uh, I don't know if that's a s- cage match will sometimes get guys confused. Yes. So, I don't know if that's him. He is the result in 2017 from Germany. So, don't know. But, uh, yeah, this guy, uh, he got around. He worked AAA, worked e- EMLL. Worked we're, we're WWC? Because I felt like I've heard that name before. And I wanted to know. And the uh, giant where he, this guy was tall. If he was seven feet, that would make sense. Like, he's working, he's, he's working, working Mexico. He's working Europe. Yeah, like, he's working yeah. Mexico. Yeah, like. Yeah, like, the, that was the same thing with Giant Silva and Kurgan. Like, uh. The Giants really make it out and make it out to the overseas, like over, overseas tours. Like those areas love them. Yeah, uh, Puerto Rico uh, used a lot of big men over the years. Japan, oh, obviously. Yeah. Um, all right, uh, so we have a, another result with our good friend here, uh, Giant Warrior. Well, I, I don't know him. He's not afraid. <laughs> but uh, the, the Giant Warrior here. Uh, uh, June 19, Jonesboro, Arkansas, Flash Flanagan uh, beat Bull Payne. Colorado Kid beat Motley Cruz. Giant Warrior beat Shane Hurt. The Phantoms, Jerry Faith and Mike Samples uh, went to no contest with the Moondogs. And in a Loser Leaves Town match, Tommy Rich beat David Haskins. Um, Shouldn't that be the other way around? Was Tommy Rich uh, leaving? Yes, but but who's David Haskins? <laughs> uh, he hasn't been in a single one of these results. No, he hasn't been. No. Um, oh, he's obviously someone that you're not going to see again. So, you know, we haven't really talked a lot about Bert. We've been kind of reading these results off. But I, let's talk about Bert here. We we kind of talked. He, he's keeping a small crew, but he's running these towns. I mean, even, you know, 250 to 200, 400 for a big show. That's not bad in 1995. In 1995, that's, that's pretty good. Uh, but he's also kind of freshening up here. It's June now in the results, and that June lineup looks pretty different 
than the lineup from February and March. Yeah. Um, I mean, I guess talk- he, he's not burning out the towns with the same wrestlers. Yeah. Yeah. We were talking about how small his roster was previously, but obviously like he's rotating people in and out. He might, he's keeping the same guys for a few, for a month, two months, three months, and then he's cycling guys in and out. So he's, he's trying to keep it fresh. All right, uh, July 17, 1995 from the Observer. Ozark Mountain Wrestling, it's getting its TV expanded to one hour in Jonesboro and Little Rock. So what was it, 30 minutes? Uh, it had to end. A lot of the payoffs that are in the $10 range, which is why you don't see big names around, uh, they're building to a major show on August 5th, bringing in Missy Hyatt as the manager of Iron Sheik in a match against local top face, the Colorado Kid. So we got Missy Hyatt coming here with the Iron Sheik. Okay. I mean, uh, their, their paydays are more than $10. Yes, 100%. But I I, I, I love this, uh, the, the $10 payoffs. Yeah, a lot of these have to be students or young wrestlers. Yeah, a lot Obviously of these you're not paying not Tommy Rich $10, but. Yeah. But you got Flash Flanagan and Bull Payne. I mean, I, I meant, imagine they're working for more than $10. Um, uh, July 3rd. Uh, in Jonesboro, this drew 200. Shane Hurt and Dave Murray beat Rock and Billy and Razorback. Razorback's probably a good name to have in Jonesboro uh, with the Ar- uh, Arkansas Razorbacks. Uh, Rick Burton beat Billy McClarity. Uh, Man Mountain Mike beat Hurt. Uh, Samantha Payne beat Debbie Walsh. Black Dragon beat Ron McClarity. Spiders, which were the headbangers here. Uh, and Colorado Kid beat the Giant Warrior in Bull Payne and Motley Cruz. What a main event. Main event anywhere in the country. Yeah. Um, and then this is fun. It's a letter to the observer. I attended an Ozark Mountain card, and an incident happened I thought might interest you. The card was the usual, some bad matches, some good. A street fight was scheduled between local guys Shane Hurt and Rick Burden. They were having a good bout and and were doing some hard chair shots. Burden hit Hurt with a chair. Hurt went down and cut himself real good. We were seeing a good double juice brawl, and it was great. Then Hurt wiped the blood from his head and flung it at the crowd in our direction. I was mad and went to Burt Prentice and told him it was stupid that Hurt, what Hurt did. His response said it was, he's stupid. No blood got on us, but Burt needs to tell his crew that it's stupid to fling blood into the crowd. This is the 1990s. AIDS is a very serious issue. And that the business needs to examine. We like bloody matches, but we don't want the blood flung on us. We had our two-year-old girl with us, and it's pretty bad when he had to shield her from the blood. It is their personal business that they want to blade, but it becomes our business when they start flinging blood in the crowd. Uh, The chances that anyone in the crowd would contract AIDS from an incident like this are slim, but... The small chance makes the whole incident worth bringing the attention to OMW. Brian Trammell, Steele, Missouri. Um, yeah. Like, you know, and I'm not trying to dunk out Bird here, but typical promoter response. Oh, yeah, he's dumb. Me and you over the years have talked to promoters about the behavior of certain individuals. And that's the response from a lot of promoters. Oh, yeah, he's an idiot. 
Yeah, there's really no accountability. And for all we know, like, Bert might have told them, hey, knock that off. But generally, I doubt it just because of everything we've gone through so far and we will in the future. It just seems like Bert is a lot. Bert was into that Southern style a lot. And that just a double juice bloodbath seemed to be right up his alley. And whatever, I mean, if it's contained and everything, that's fine. But flinging blood at the crowd, like, it's just, it's not needed. It's not needed to tell the story. Yeah. You know, I mean, you could just look at the crowd and them see you bleed and stuff. And that, that's all you need. You need them to see that. And how many people in the crowd was really worth it, too? That's, that's the thing. I know back in the day, uh especially in the South in that area, like you're running house shows every night of the week and you're blading every night, but you're doing it in front of thousands of people. If you have 225 people in the crowd, is it really worth it? Uh, yeah. I mean, but this could also be, I mean, it, the problem like in death matches nowadays, sometimes those crowds are just only two, 300 people, but they do very well. They have a dedicated fan base, but they also, for the most part, uh, they keep it safe. They don't involve the fans in that type of aspect. Well, yes, and also the difference between then and now is that if you do a death match now, you might be only be in front of 50 fans or 100 fans. That death match is getting filmed, and it's going out on it's going out on a fight. It's going out on IWTV, YouTube, Twitch, wherever. And that video, even the gifs are going to get out there, and you're going to get attention. Back then, you're doing a show in front of 200 people. There's no cameras. This is never going to be seen. No one no one outside of that building is going to see this. Is it really worth doing it at that point? Yeah, I, 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 I don't think so. But, I mean, that was the Southern style, man. Well, no, yeah, I, I understand. Like, I know why they did it. I just, looking back at it, like in hindsight, I I think we're all smarter at this point in hindsight thinking like, yeah, it, it's the same mentality of like, save the big bumps for when they matter. Like yeah. don't do, don't do a scalpel bump in front of a hundred people at a fair show. Save that for pay-per-view. Uh, August 14, 1995. And we got the big anniversary show here, Ash. Burt Prentice uh, ran his Ozark Mountain Wrestling anniversary show on August 5th in Jonesboro, Arkansas, drawing 800 fans. And sixty five hundred dollars. I love how he reported the gate. Uh, they used mainly the locals with Colorado Kid over bull paint and a cage match on top, with Missy Hyatt flown to manage several of the heels. Dutch Mantel from the WWF worked the show under his Dutch name, and Rip Rogers was there along with Joe Pedicino and Bonnie Blackstone. Mike Samples beat Flash Flanagan when Hyatt kissed Flanagan, and Samples schoolboyed him for the pin. Tag champs the Moon Dogs beat the Hickerson brothers. No shows, though, were Iron Sheik, Rex King, Steve Dahl, Miss Texas, Pat Tanaka, and Jerry Faith. The USWA guys were vetoed by the office as to appearing, although Buddy Wayne, who drives to the ring, drives the ring to town for USWA, did appear, as did the original Tretch Phillips, who is now in a wheelchair. No word on the others. <coughs> we got the Iron Iron Sheik wasn't working USWA at that time, was he? <laughs> no, no, I just uh, he just didn't show. <laughs> okay, um, uh, but I mean Rex King and Steve Dahl were 
Well, yeah, yeah. And I Miss know Texas. Were... I don't know if Tanaka was. Uh, but August 5th in Jonesboro, here's the full results. Rick Burden beat Sean Taylor. Razorback beat Shane Hurd. Dirty Little Dave beat Rockabilly. Dutch Mantel beat Scott Sandlin. Bill McClarity uh, beat Ron McClarity. Oh, the McClarity brothers. They're feuding. Terry Gold beat Golden beat Tony Lee. Mad Mountain Mike beat Jarrell Zato. Mike Samples beat Flash Flanagan. Motley Cruz beat the Modern Day Cowboy. Future Shock beat the Texas Hangman. Tasha Simone defeat Debbie Wild. Moondogs beat the Hickerson Brothers. Christian DeVoe defeated Rip Rogers. And in a cage match, Colorado Kid defeated Bull Payne. That's a big card. And it's a lot of people we haven't seen on previous Ozark cards. And they're not names. It must have just been like, oh, we just had five cancellations. Yeah, I, well, it, it was a big show. Because um, he, he pulled out the cage match. Oh, yeah. So you, are you saying that people may have been needed to hold the cage? <laughs> <laughs> no, not not during this era. <laughs> okay, probably not. I'm just I'm just saying like it's obviously it's a big show, so Brett Bert went all out, and you can tell it's a big show because then this is the first cage match we've seen listed. Yeah, that is true. I mean, just say a, a, a lot of different names here. Uh, see the Hickerson brothers. I wonder if that's Phil Hickerson. Entirely possible. Um. All right, and then uh, August twenty eighth, nineteen ninety five. There are negotiations to have a five hour wrestling block on WATL in Atlanta of Smoky Mountain Wrestling, ECW, North Georgia, Ozark Mountain, and USWA. So this is why Joe Pettacino was uh, was going there. <laughs> yeah. Um. And then, uh, by the way, I'm trying to think here. Okay, never mind. Yeah, I was like, I was like, I was like, he said Dutch Mantel was on a show, but I was trying to match the result. No, yeah, it was good. Um, but yeah, so now we know why Joe Petticino and Bonnie Blackstone were at Ozark Mountain Wrestling uh, negotiating a, a deal, it looks like. Uh, September 4, 1995, the Dogs have left Ozark Mountain. Uh, Ricky Morton was scheduled on August 28th show against Brickhouse Brown in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Top heel in the group is Future Shock. Said to be a 6'11 trainee of Charlie Fulton, real name Neil Haley from Pittsburgh. He's also known in the area as Giant Warrior. So maybe this isn't the the guy that we thought. Yeah, I maybe not. Um But 6'11, now he's future shock. Uh Brickhouse Brown is here. That's fun. Um but the Moondogs are gone. <laughs> Oh, well. <laughs> uh, here's another new town. August 25th, Manila, Arkansas. Drew 170 people. Mimi Kennedy uh, beat Debbie Wild. Matt Mountain Mike went to no contest with Sean Taylor. Shane Hurt beat Mo- Billy McClarity. Christian DeVoe beat Rick Burton. Lightning Express beat the Texas Outlaws. And the Colorado Kid beat Future Shock. And August 22nd in Paragold. Drew 140, Rick Burton, or no no contest over Shane Hurt. Carrie Tribble beat Ninja. Mimi Kennedy beat Tasha Simone. Christian Devereaux beat Ron McClarity. Billy McClarity beat Motley Cruz. And the Colorado Kid beat Future Shock. Seeing some under 200 draws here, do you think that the town's finally just over it? The towns are getting over it. Especially Perry Gold. He's ran Perry Gold a lot. We're going to see that draw go down more in the next one. Yeah, it's entirely possible. Um, 
I think it's also because as we're going into 95, 95 was getting like the, the wrestling recession was in full swing at this point. Yeah. And, and so we'll get into the next results where you see that dip. Um, well, I mean, Jonesboro's still strong for him. August 20th, 280. Rockabilly beating Sean Taylor. Giant Warrior beat Razorback. Rick Burton beat Shane Hurt. Christian DeVerro beat Randy Rhodes. Ricky Morton beat Brickhouse Brown. Oh, that's, that had to be a good match. Uh, Catarock Kid beat Dirty Little Dave. Uh, September 2nd in Perry Gold. 135 people. Mad Mountain Mike beat Giant Warrior. Razorback beat Sean Taylor. Rick Burton beat Billy McClarity. Uh, Brickhouse Brown beat Terry Golden and the Colorado Kid beat Bull Payne and Kid run a, won a battle royal, threw a battle royal on there for the crowd. Uh, and then September 4th in Jonesboro, 220. So now we're down in Jonesboro now. Tim Hansen beat Texas Outlaw. Debbie Wild beat Mimi Kennedy. Man Mountain Mike beat Sean Taylor. Colorado Kid beat Shane Hurt. Rick Burton beat Machine Gun Mike. Billy McClarity beat Rocker. Brickhouse Brown beat Christian DeVoe and Colorado Kid won the battle royal. So we're seeing some old names come back here, uh, and we're seeing Brickhouse Brown now kind of be a regular part of this promotion here too. Um, so, but the draws are going down. We're going to see kind of a pretty crazy size draw here uh, in September as we move on. But uh, September twenty fifth, nineteen ninety five, from the Observer reports. We received the Bill Dundee Wolfie D incident on September 8th in Ripley, Tennessee, where that Dundee was selling photos of himself with PG 13, and Wolfie D wanted a cut, and it started as an argument and turned into a fight. Later reported that Dundee pulled out a weapon, which some reports says was a knife. Booker Randy Hales suspended Dundee for when he showed up for television on September 9th. Originally, Dundee's suspension was supposed to be for two weeks, but he's gone to work full-time for rival promoter Burt Prentice's Ozark Modern Group, so at least for the present, he looks to be history. Brian Lee and Pat Tanaka has, have also left. Uh, real quick, we're in the next part here. So I think we're, we've kind of buried the league because it, it, Dave has not talked about it. Dave hasn't put it out in pure, like, just boom, here it is. Uh, bright lights, I should say. He hasn't put it on bright lights. But there's heat there between Memphis and and, uh, and Prentice. Yeah. Obviously, USWA refused to let any of their talent work the show a few months earlier. Uh, and now this. Memphis to Jonesboro. I'm just intrigued. It's an hour and eight minutes. Yeah, that's that's close. That's Memphis uh, and, territory. That's yeah, still and, the general Memphis area. And then, like, all right, so... He ran that win Arkansas. That's fairly close to Memphis. Um, I'm kind of looking at a map here uh, of these towns. Well, let's see what what's win wins. Uh, win. Oh, it just won't give me there. Okay, so that, all right. So yeah, we got win Arkansas, which is close here. Harrisburg. That's probably about an hour and a half. No, that's probably about an hour ten minutes as well. So yeah, so he's running. Manila is probably about two hours. He is running a lot of towns around them. And which is funny because he ran those shows in like Mississippi that were just as close and they're, they were fine. They were doing business. Yeah. For some reason, uh, USWA never rarely ran Arkansas, uh, spot shows here and there, but like nothing, they were, they were 
Memphis, Nashville, Louisville, like Evansville, they really didn't they didn't have a major like a, a regular presence in Arkansas. So that's that's strange. But yeah, like Jonesburg, Jonesboro is close enough to Memphis that it's tech, I guess you could call it the Memphis metropolitan area. And I think too, and 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 I don't know if Randy thought this way, but I just think the Memphis mentality was that oh, I mean, any, anything a couple hours around us is our territory. Yeah, it's not just the same town. Um, I wonder if TV, uh, TV overlapped. Well, TV definitely would have overlapped if Absolutely, you're in the middle. Yeah. If you're between, if you had a strong antenna and you're in the middle of. Like in between Jonesboro and Memphis, I would, uh, you know, I'm actually can I've talked to Randy Hills a tiny bit. I'd like to f- know. Maybe I'll see if I can have a conversation with him before we have our next episode, and kind of wonder how this this competition was, <laughs> and what he really thought about Burt running so close. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're probably not going to hit this episode, but the the long-standing uh, love-hate relationship between them two continues on all throughout the 90s and beyond. Yeah, I definitely got to send him a message. <laughs> yeah. uh, we've had some uh, nice uh, back and forth on Twitter. So, so I, he, he, uh, I was trying to find uh, the old ring announcer that r- announced her in 1997. He's like, I had no idea Larry Burden would know. We don't know where Larry Burden is. <laughs> so he was helping me with that. Uh, but uh, uh, back to the observer from this uh, week. Ozark Mountain Wrestling drew a crowd of six sixteen in Jonesboro on September eighteenth with Bill Dundee and Ricky Morton as the biggest names on the show. The SMW's headbangers Chaz Warrington and Glenn Ruth will be returning to Ozark Mountain to work Mondays through Wednesdays as the Spiders and with I'm sorry as the Spiders and continue with Smoky Mountain Wrestling on the weekends here. So they're doing their. I mean, that's probably the benefit of Burt running in the week. Is that you know Smoky Mountain is definitely scaling back at this point, but guys yeah. can get work during the week. Uh, we got a uh, 170 people in West Memphis, Arkansas, on September 14th. It's getting close now. That is dangerously close. That's that's right across the river. That's across the Mississippi River. Yes. So so Bert is now he's. He's decided this is the, I think he's probably mad about the anniversary show. He's probably upset about the anniversary show that they pulled all those talent off and a few of them were names for him. And now here, here he goes. <laughs> he's running West Memphis. Uh, yep. September 14th, West Memphis, 170 people, Ricky Burton uh, beat Sean Taylor, Terry Golden beat Reggie B. Fine, Brickhouse Brown beat Christian DeVroe, Future Shock beat Moondog Spot, the Colorado Kid beat Bull Payne. Uh, September 18th in Jonesboro, Arkansas, uh, Ozark Mountain drew 616. We have Ricky Burton beating the Texas Outlaw, Giant Warrior beating Man Mountain Mike, Machine Gun Mike beating Dirty Little Dave, Brickhouse Brown beating Christian DeVroe, Ricky Morton beat Reggie B. Fine, Bill Dundee and the Colorado Kid beating Bull Payne and Terry Golden. Uh, so that's that's a huge jump too with the attendance. Yes, he was doing he was doing under three hundred regularly in Jonesboro. Oh, Bill Dundee's a draw, man. Eight hundred, yeah. Bill Dundee's a draw because I mean this is the Arkansas area. <laughs> like, yeah, I mean this is the Memphis. I mean it's only an hour from Memphis. Uh so in Jonesboro, so I mean. It, I think that's something to do with it. Dundee was a big star there. 
Uh, October 2nd, 1995 Observer, we have results of September 21st in West Memphis. And now West Memphis, Arkansas is a weekly territory. Or he's a weekly town for him now. Uh, Ozark Mountain drew 200 uh, with Sean Taylor being Ricky Burton, Debbie T. Wild beating Mimi Kennedy, Terry Golden being Reggie B. Fine. By the way, Reggie B. Fine is here. He's jump ship. Uh, Bullpain beat Man Mountain Mike. Colorado can be Jeff Gaylord. He's jump ship. And Bill Dundee beat Brickhouse Brown. And Brickhouse Brown jump ship. Yeah. Well, once Dundee came over, like everyone's like, all right, this must be a good place to work. Hey, doesn't this sound familiar to you, Ash? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Dallas, when he did this in Dallas. When he got a bunch of people to jump from Global to Big D. Yeah. It sounds very familiar. Um, We have September 22nd in Marmaduke, Arkansas, the, the new town there. Um, Drew 180, Mad Mountain Mike beat the Master of Terror. Ricky Burden and Mike Walls. Uh, Oh, Rick Bird beat Mike Walls. Debbie T. Wild beat Mimi Kennedy. Colorado Kid beat Reggie B. Fine. And Bill Dundee beat Brickhouse Brown. And we have Paragold. Paragold's back up now. 210. Sean Taylor went to a no contest with Man Mom Mike. Ricky Burnin beat Mike Walls. Christian DeVroe beat Reggie B. Fine. Bill Dundee and the Colorado Kid beat Bullpain and Terry Golden. All right. So we have uh, September 13th. I'm sorry, not November 13, 1995. This is from the Observer here. Ozark Mountain Wrestling is taking over the weekly Wednesday night shows at the Evansville, Indiana Arena that USWA had been running since the beginning of time. The first show was scheduled for September or for November 8th, and the television was scheduled to air on Friday nights on Channel 14 after Conan O'Brien started on November 10th. Um, wow, we got our got a Conan O'Brien <laughs> mention. <laughs> Uh, Bill Dundee is pretty much running the wrestling end of the promotion, which is still headed by Burt Prentice. Chad Austin from ECW is in the area as, as our Brickhouse Brown, Mike Samples, and Flash Flanagan, while Colorado Kid remains the top baby face. With the loss of the weekly uh, Wednesday night shows in Evansville, Indiana, in which Bill Dundee and Burt Prentice's Ozark Mountain Wrestling Group have taken over, it means one less day per week that the guys are working. Apparently, among the reasons so many have left of, as of late are they aren't getting enough dates. Like something only three shows per week and you can only earn $40 a night is a lot of guys earn that as a minimum. That makes it awfully hard to stick around. With the Memphis houses going down and apparently having a hard time reversing the trend due to all the free television on Monday nights, it hurts payoffs for the biggest night of the week. And the combined with the losing of nights pay every Wednesday make it hard for underneath guys to stick around. Hearing this, it blows your mind that Memphis lasted till 97. Um, yeah. Because they were in dire straits here. Uh, but Evansville, Indiana, that's a staple Memphis territory town. Yeah, it was since the seventies, I believe. At least for the for the the Jaren end of the territory. That's a huge get for Bert. And, and I don't know if you notice what Bert does here is he he establishes an area. He he gets the area introduced to talent, and then he just expands. When he knows he has a, a good solid crew, he'll expand. And then that's where when he expands is when he gets himself into to some issues with rival promoters and a, and, he, a tw- and a would, would it be a 135 a.m time slot yeah i i don't know but i mean he's running i mean it has to be yeah if it's after conan because well, well conan in 19 conan he was the, he's the second show yeah he was late night 
he was late night after Leno, so he would have been twelve thirty five. So this would have been one thirty five. But on a Friday night, uh, that those time slots are actually pretty valuable because uh, bars would turn you on on their TVs. I was, yeah, just throw it on the bar, especially on a Friday. Thing. Friday's a big Friday would be a big bar night. Uh, I don't know when last call would be in Evansville, Indiana, but up here it's around two two p.m. So that's usually when everyone's getting when bars are closing, people getting out, they're closing up, close up their tabs, and they're waiting to pay their tab. There's a TV on; they're going to be paying attention to wrestling. Yeah, so take yourself back to 1995 and call your buddy up. You're like, "Hey, man, let's go out drinking." And then at once one thirty, we could watch Future Shock a one on one with uh, the Colorado Kid. You, you got to be. You're probably very, very drunk by one thirty too. So anything you watch on TV, you're marking out for. <laughs> um, November twentieth, nineteen ninety five, from the Observer. Uh, November eleventh, Jonesboro, Arkansas, Ozark Mountain Wrestling. No, no number on this, so it must have went down significantly. <laughs> uh, Billy McClarity beat Lee Hickerson. Modern day uh, Cowboy beat Rick Burton. Terry Golden beat Fred James. JR and Bill Dundee and Samantha Payne beat Billy Ray Hudson and Future Shock and Debbie T. Wild. Dundee beat the Brick beat Brickhouse Brown and McClarity beat Spanish Fly. By the way, no Colorado Kid's not here. You know he's back. Okay, he's back the next week. He he must have had a uh, must have had something else going on. <laughs> I was like, where's the Colorado Kid? He's been almost the one mainstay in every one of these shows. Yeah. On uh, November 27, 1995, from The Observer, on uh, November 14th at West Memphis, Arkansas, drew 120 people. Giant Warrior beat Ricky Burden. Debbie T. Wild beat Mimi Kennedy. Bull Payne beat Chad Austin. Bill Dundee beat Brickhouse Brown. Colorado Kid beat Terry Golden. Uh, November 15th in Evansville, Indiana, 165 people. Mike Samples beat Justin St. John. The American Riders beat Gator McAllister and Chad Austin. Bull Payne beat Flash Flanagan. Ricky Burton beat Jerry Faith, and the Colorado Kid and Bill Dundee went to a no contest with Brickhouse Brown and the Giant Warrior. December 4th, 1995, Ozark Mountain Wrestling will be moving its offices from Jonesboro, Arkansas to Evansville, Indiana in January and start up with a new name. They will continue to tape in Jonesboro, but run more shows in the Missouri, Indiana area. So now he wants Missouri, Indiana. Uh, He's run a little bit in both, but now he wants to base himself out of there. Does he think at this point he's tapped Arkansas out? That's entirely possible. Um, because you see, like, he's not, he's having the occasional show where he's drawn well, especially in Jonesboro. He had the one, he drew 600 ad, he drew 800 at the anniversary show, but for the most part, the weekly shows are around 200. Like, he's not really growing too much. So we also have results from that observer, uh, November 17, Jonesboro, 155 people. That's bad for Jonesboro. Terry Golden beat Reggie Montgomery. Brickhouse Brown beat Justin St. John. The American Riders beat Gator McAllister, Ricky Byrne. Giant Warrior beat Billy McClarity. Colorado Kid and Bill Dundee beat Chad Austin and McAllister. So Chad Austin's here quite a bit. Uh, and November 18th, Augusta, Arkansas, drew 227. That's a new town. Terry Golden beat Justin St. John. Giant Warrior beat Ricky Byrne. Samantha Payne beat Mimi Kennedy. Bill Dundee beat Chad Austin. And Colorado Kid beat Brickhouse Brown. And here we have it, the December 11, 1995 Observer. 
Ozark Mountain Wrestling has moved its headquarters from Jonesboro, Arkansas to Evansville, Indiana, and it's changed its name to North American All-Star Wrestling and has brought in Tommy Rich, Rip Rogers, Steve Dow, Spellbinder, Tasha Simone, and Pat Tanaka, the last four who've recently quit USWA. Similar name, North American All-Star Wrestling unites its wrestling alliance. So, which, <laughs> how many, what number is this fed? Oh, this is okay. Well, I forgot where we, I think we were at seven, maybe? <laughs> I've lost track. The, there, there's less in this episode. But in the first episode, I think he ran like seven promotions. It might be more. I think I'm being conservative with seven. Uh, but here's promotion number nine, probably. Uh, but yeah, now it's, it, how we got, let's talk about Bert. <laughs> he's still in towns and now he's going to change his name to be a similar name. He should have just called it North American wrestling association. <laughs> I mean, he needed to change the name. He's not, he's not running in the Ozarks anymore if he's running Indiana. I understand that, but you're already you're already in this war with the United States Wrestling Alliance and you're going to be North American All-Star Wrestling. Well, that means he's better. He's not just the United <laughs> States Wrestling Alliance. He's he's encompassing Canada and Mexico. Yes. He's spinning all over North America. Yes, starting in Arkansas, then Indiana and Missouri. Go for there. Yeah. Yeah. December 18th, 1995, uh, we have a December 2nd Jonesboro, Arkansas. This is now North American All-Star Wrestling drew 211. So the the, the name change got a bump uh, in attendance. Uh, the Cairo Kid beat Dirty Little Dave. Dirty Little Dave is back here. Uh, Giant Warrior beat, and Gator, beat Gator McAllister. We have Bill Dundee beating Terry Golden. Justin St. John beating Ricky Byrne. Dundee and Giant Warrior beat Colorado Kid. Um, and Colorado Kid, I'm sorry. Uh, beat Brickhouse Brown and Golden and, and Motley Cruz. So it was a big, like, uh, E-man tag, it looks like there. Um, or six-man tag. And then we have December 13th, Evansville, Indiana, North American also wrestling. No attendance listed for this. Now, mind you, these are Burt sending these in. So if there's no attendance listing, he's not happy with it. JT Styles beating Justin St. John. Somebody beat Brockus. Is that, I think, is that Brockus? We'll talk. Well, yes, it was, a, it was a question mark, so... <laughs> Bert probably didn't even know. It was probably someone showed up and he's like, I need I need someone, whoever this kid is, get in there. And he didn't even know who he who he booked. Um Giant Warrior beat Scott Sandlin, Tommy Rich and Bill Dundee beat Bone Crusher Lewis and Rip Rogers by disqualification, and the Colorado kid beat Rogers. Yeah, you have to remember that folks. When we when there's a question mark on these results, these were sent in by the promoter. <laughs> so so that's you gotta, these were sent in by the promoter. He's like, I don't know, I don't know who he beat. And that that wouldn't have been Brackus, the the Brackus okay. that we all know. I got excited. Didn't start, I got really excited. <laughs> yeah, uh, Ackham Albright didn't start until '96, late '96, and okay. uh, he was already signed to WWE, I believe, before he even started training. So like WWE so there's wouldn't more have signed him one to Brackus. There's obviously multiple practices, but I could see them pulling a fast one on on uh, on WWE and going, "Oh yeah, we're running shows for Randy." That eh, possible? <laughs> yeah, send us a WWE guy. Um, so these are the 1995 Observer Awards. 
Ozark Mountain got number six with 26 votes. Uh, three more than Nitro. Uh, for the worst television show. For the worst television show, yeah. The worst television show. Uh, but uh, AWF, believe it or not, only had 12 votes. <laughs> USWA had nine. So the general consensus of the observer is that USWA is better than Ozark Mountain. In the worst promotion, Ozark Mountain also number six. Uh, but USWA being number four. By the way, incredibly 90... strange wrestling was number two at this point. Nowadays, like people would love stuff like that. Ninety five was not a good year. <laughs> yeah. Um. All right, January. So now we're in nineteen ninety six here. Uh, but to kind of recap, nineteen ninety five, Bert goes strong with Ozark. Starts, you know, we're running weekly towns. We're running in the week. Now we're going to war with Memphis. Now we're changing the name. Uh, January 6, 1996, USWA News, Tommy Rich is in full-time, so apparently he's left for apprentices promotion. So definitely a lot of jumping back and forth here between the two promotions uh, for multiple workers. Burt Prentice's North American also wrestling had its best week in his short history, growing, grossing $10,952 on five shows. Two in Jonesboro, one in Evansville, Madison, Indiana, and Kennett, Missouri. Terry Golden is out of action for six weeks with a broken tailbone. The group's top star and co-owner, Colorado Kid. Oh, okay. That's the first I've heard of that. Uh, we'll go by his real name, Mike Rapata, starting this week. Expected in during February is the Honky Tonk Man, Dutch Mantel, Tracy Smothers, Ricky Morton, Butch Reed, and Sapphire. They used a jobber on their spot show. It's called Stinky Hail. No doubt a knock on U.S. State. W.A. Booker, Randy Hales. All right, there's a lot to talk about here. Um, First off, <laughs> uh, Conrad, that's the first I've heard this. I mean, you did the research beforehand, so you probably were like, wow. But, like, I never knew he was a co-owner. Yeah, I just thought Prentice liked him. I thought Prentice just was like, he was Prentice's right-hand man, probably could trust him. Yeah, that really just came out of nowhere. I don't know, like, what what was entailed being a co-owner. Like, did that mean, like, he just, maybe he promoted some spot shows and he was considered the co-owner? Like, that's, it really wasn't talked about too much in the Observer other than that. Well, that, 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 that really uh, definitely uh, just adds to the point that, uh, of why he's uh, in the main event. <laughs> A lot. Winning. Um, now, okay, so now the names. The, 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 like I said, we have to, this is a good, this is an interesting paragraph. The names. All right, well, you know, you got your usual Dutch, Tracy Smothers, Ricky Morton, Honky Tonk Man, which maybe it was a, he was going to visit family. Maybe he's, he moved back down there during this time. It's 95, so he's not working anywhere regularly. Um, that That could be. Butch Reed, don't know how active he was in 90, 96. Well, this is 96, I guess. Don't know how active he was in 96. But here's the one. Sapphire. Do we know if Sapphire really appeared at shows after she left WWE in 91? Uh, no, it had been August 1990 that yeah, she was over WWE. Was she I mean, appearing anywhere? Uh, I mean, maybe she did. I, I, you know, 
we were very young for this, and I was, you know, I mean, I've done a lot of research nowadays, but I just don't hear her name coming up anywhere. Because you would think if she was actually going out there, that these startup companies would try to get a hold of her, like EWFs um, of the world and Herb Abrams, and no, you know what she did? She did do that. Uh, the angle with Burt Prentice and Miss Texas in USWA in 93. Okay. I forgot where, she did that. Where Burt Prentice accused uh, Miss Texas of not being a woman. And Sapphire was involved in that angle for those promos. She did a brief spot in USWA. So from there, I don't know how that fed into, into getting in to work with Burt here. But uh, let me check cage match. Uh, January 24th, 1996, for the USWA women's title, Miss Texas defeats Sapphire. And that's all she did up until that point. Like, the the next result was in January of 93. She used to be result. living in this area at the time, then, I guess, right? Well, yeah. She was originally from Missouri, right? I think, right? Yeah. Yeah, St. Louis, I believe. Like, I believe that she got into the business by just being one of the helping hands at WWE shows, WWF shows during that time, driving, uh, driving the talent around. So, yeah. So I find that odd that January 20, late January of 96, she works one and one off with Miss Texas with Jacqueline. Um, and here she is in early January working for Bert. So obviously, obviously, like that shows to me that she's working with Bert. USWA offered her money to, to jump over to do a one match with with Miss Texas. Um, and then last part here, Stinky Hale. <laughs> like, yeah, that that that's clearly, uh, unfortunately, a shot on Randy Hales, and they. It's- and and they didn't really. It didn't seem like they used a lot of jobbers here. And here they are. They're going to use a jobber. Um, so this is. We do have results in this January Observer though from the end of December '95, and it looks like they were on a little bit of a holiday tour, which is interesting. Uh, you got Christmas night in Jonesboro, Arkansas, drew three sixty. Ricky Burton beat Ricky Steele. Samantha Payne beat WT Wild. Giant Warrior beat Brickhouse Brown. Spellbinder beat Pat Tanaka. Colorado Kid beat. I went to a no contest with Bill Dundee. Uh, December 27th in Evansville, Indiana, drew 285. Ricky Burton beat Jason Lee. American Riders went to a no contest with the Rough Riders. Gator McAllister beat JT Taherley. Bone Crusher Lewis beat Bill Dundee. And Colorado Kid beat Giant Warrior. By the way, we mentioned the result early. Uh, the, the news, I don't think Doug Basham ever came in. <laughs> he was supposed to. <laughs> yeah. I don't but remember I list, seeing him listed. He didn't come in, and J- that made me think of it because Jason Lee is an early OVW guy. Uh, December twenty eighth in Madisonville, Kentucky, North American Sail Rose. Also, why well, don't I say North- Madisonville, Kentucky? War Machines beat the American Riders. Uh, Giant Warrior beat Brackus. It blows my mind that there was more than one Brackus. Bone Crusher Lewis beat Stinky Hale. Gator McAllister beat Hillbilly Roy. Colorado Kid and Bill Dundee beat Brickhouse Brown and Pat Tanaka. In Kenna, Missouri, on December 29th, this drew 440. 
big draw. Uh, Samantha Payne beat Debbie T. Wild. Giant Warrior beat Hillbilly Roy. Ricky Burden beat JT Harley. Colorado Kid beat Gator McAllister. Bill Dundee beat Brickhouse Brown and Kid won a Battle Royal. And December 30th in Jonesboro, Arkansas, Drew 310. Samantha Payne beat Debbie T. Wild. Ricky Burden and Justin. I'm sorry. Ricky Burden beat Justin Lee. Giant Warrior beat Charlie Parker. Uh, Gator McAllister beat Hillbilly Roy. Colorado Kid and Bill Dundee. And Samantha Payne beat Brickhouse Brown. Dirty Little Dave and wild a wt wild um so yeah interesting he's doing like a holiday tour here yeah and it's not that it he drew a little bit better than normal so i guess it's working for him yeah uh just that is that is just interesting uh to me, to, to 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 say the least, uh, um, uh, I, just because like it's 1995. I mean, it's South Christmas night still works. Thanksgiving night still works. I get you know like kids aren't in school. I, I guess, but uh, I found it interesting. A very WWF move of the holiday tour. Uh, February 26, 1996. Here, Burt Prentice's North American All Star Wrestling has apparently buried the hatchet. With USWA, as they were using USWA wrestlers on their shows, they're booked on February 21st in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Since USWA isn't running Memphis, Prentice is using Jamie Dundee, Jesse James Armstrong, and Tracy Smothers. The Spiders are back full time. North American also wrestling USWA will also plug each other's towns on their respective television shows in the same market. Literally a month ago, Stinky Hale was a jobber. And now Randy Hales is making an agreement with Bert. <laughs> that's that's wrestling for you. I and and I I just I find this interesting too. Like I, I don't know. I I don't know if I would be as cool as Randy was. He stole Evansville. Like I would just kind of be like, hey, listen, you know, this war is stupid. You can use my talent, I can use yours. But uh, plug in his television show? Yeah, I think Randy probably saw the writing on the wall at that point and like businesses down that it, it's only going to benefit him. It's only going it, to it's only going to benefit the company in the USWA uh if they partner with other companies and work with them. We uh so we do have some results here uh uh from February 17th in Donovan, Missouri, 450. So these draws are pretty good. Reggie Montgomery beat Charlie Parker. Buddy Murray defeated Davey, Dirty Little Dave. Giant Warrior beat Justin St. John. Colorado Kid beat Gator McAllister. And Kid won a battle royal. So your typical, you have, if you notice when he runs a town for the first time, it's the same like four or five matches. Uh, March 4th, 1996, Bill Dundee returned to the USWA doing a new style shoot angle, which is actually nothing new in Memphis, but everyone will take it as something new because it's trendy. Actually, it's part of the deal with Burt Prentice's North American All-Star Group, which runs a lot of in Arkansas towns, not all that far from Memphis, made with Jerry Lawler to give some of the top USWA guys more work. Guys like Dundee, Prentice's Booker, Jesse James Armstrong, Tracy Smothers, and PG-13 will work for both groups whenever schedule conflicts don't get in the way. Apparently, many are pushing to have this wind up as a promotion versus promotion feud, but Prentice is leery about the this because the group would have a heel group on the most powerful television in the area. Anyway, Dundee... 
brought up that some happened between himself and Wolfie D on September 8, 1995 in Ripley, Tennessee. If you don't remember, the story went something like this. The two argued over picture money. As the story went, Dundee was selling photos at the picture table of himself with PG-13. A Wolfie wanted a cut of it, and they ended up arguing and wound up in a fist fight and got into a second skirmish where uh, reports are Dundee pulled a knife. When they got to television next morning, USW Booker Randy Hills fired Dundee. Dundee came back as a total heel, and his son, J.C. Ice, said that he was embarrassing the family. Wolfie came out, and they began arguing as to what happened, and Dundee denied anything that happened. And Wolfie D. actually said something to the effect of, Dundee can't deny it because Dave Meltzer will tell everyone what happened. Uh, it wound up with Jerry Lawler arguing with Dundee and going back to the settle things. Then came out again and argued again, and Dundee spit on Lawler, who then demanded a match. He also said that he would never let Dundee back because of what happened. So the gimmick on February 20th in Memphis is they're having a non-sanctioned match, and that neither is getting paid for the match. Okay. <laughs> um, Dundee even brought up that he was booked that night for Burt Brothers in Jonesboro, Arkansas, and would ask Prentice if he could work early in the show so he could drive down to Memphis and fight Lawler in the main event. USWA is plugging Prentice's arena dates on its television show, and the reverse is also happening. So I like how now that they're friendly. Oh, they, yeah, they run shows in Arkansas. Yeah. No, they're just <laughs> so, they're nearby fed. <laughs> water under the bridge. Um, I mean, this had to be, this had to be, all right, I know what it was. Randy needed Dundee. Yeah. Dundee was a draw. And also, too, you're not running as often as you were a couple years ago. These guys got used to working probably five to seven nights a week. They're not working that much in this era. And it's probably like, hey, if we let them work at this place, they could fill their schedule and be somewhere every night. And it's not far from us. We're Smoky Mountain. Like, people, people gotta understand, like, Knoxville and Memphis, that's quite a distance. Was yeah. It, it, Four or five hours, maybe? Yes. Yeah. So that's quite a distance, the Knoxville National Area to, to Memphis. But Memphis to Jonesboro, to Evansville, and all that, that's not far. We're talking a couple hours, hour here, hour there, two hours there. So they could, they could work a day for Bird and then be in Randy's town the next night with no issue at all. Yeah, it's actually six hours from Memphis to Knoxville. Yeah, so uh, shorter and, from Nashville, obviously. But now, mind you, Smoky Mountain's gone at this point. But I'm just proving the point that, like, this was this was a good scenario. I mean, just thinking of previous places that USWA's like guys work, it was probably a lot to do Smoky Mountain back and forth with work in USWA. Yeah, this not. So and hard. I think also not just with Dundee, but I think it helped Randy because Randy couldn't supply enough shows to keep these keep the talent around so if you're not if you're not supplying enough shows all these top stars are going to leave now 95 there wasn't many places to go um but at the same time like they had no reason to stay in memphis if they weren't getting if they weren't making money yeah so i mean so i mean there's a lot of factors here but here's once again bert goes to feud with somebody and then he makes amends. Like I, I, I it's, it's an interesting story. Uh, Bert's an interesting guy. This is why we picked this topic. 
Uh, I, I don't know many people in wrestling that would go to war with somebody and be very friendly with them and, and just have this back and forth, but Bert did it. Uh, March 11, 1996, whatever rumors there are about the uh, group splitting into two territories with Lawler running Western Territory and Jerry Jerry doing an East Tennessee territory with Nashville and going into some of the Smoky Mountain markets seem to have fallen through, though there, uh, though if there's any, anything serious to them in the first place. Lawler and Prentice are working together because this group isn't doing much in the way of spot shows now, so the guys sometimes only have three nights of work a week, and allowing them to work for Prentice gives them all more work. On Prentice's, so just like I brought up the point there, uh, Prentice's show, they were building up Lawler versus Dundee deal as a best of three with the second match on March 8th in Truman, Arkansas, and the rubber match in Perigold, Arkansas, on Apprentice show in a few weeks. Even though they did a deal on Memphis Television where JCS didn't want anything to do with Dundee, they were working this week on Prentice's card in Jonesboro as a tag team against the Spiders in the main event. March 18th, 1996, they've already started a USWA versus North American wrestling feud on Prentice's television. The first combined show on March 8th in Truman, Arkansas, drew nearly 400 fans, uh, and the crowd was largely pro-NAW. Jerry Lawler worked as the heel for a few minutes in his match against Bill Dundee for the unified title that he won four days earlier. Randy Hales, a USWA booker, was in Lawler's corner, and after a ref bump, Lawler used an illegal pile driver, and Hales counted the pin. Dundee then punches Hales and Lawler, and then Burt Prentice uh, counts as Dundee pin Lawler. The ref, who was an NAW ref, uh, got in the ring and agreed with Prentice, and he ruled that Dundee was the winner, and Prentice grabbed the belt. All the USW wrestlers except Jamie Dundee stood behind Lawler in a stare down with the NAW wrestlers who were behind Dundee. Wolfie D then grabbed the belt from Dundee and gave it to Lawler. They'll return with a rematch on April 5th with a special ref who might end up being Sid. At least this present time, there are no plans for Prentice and his crew to go on the USWA television and a storyline on the AEW television in a group one or another heels. Although Hales is working together as a heel, but there are two promotions that are competitive with one another that are working together. Um, Sid? Special guest ref Sid? <laughs> We've seen that quite a bit. I mean, during this time, he was gone for WWE, so... Um, it entirely possible. I mean, it, it, we're not softball season yet, so. Oh, work. it's about to be softball, season, and he pops back up in WWE like in the fall. Uh, July ninety six. Oh, okay, and he's super over. <laughs> oh yeah, no, he was. Well, he replaced Warrior. Yeah. When uh, Warrior had his issues and left, like Sid came at the last minute. And he was super over, man. The the crowd really dug Sid in ninety six. We have some results here uh, from the June 10th Observer 96, June 1st, Corning, Arkansas, North American All-Star Wrestling. Uh, I don't know why I keep repeating this, <laughs> but Justice A. John beat Rob McClarity. Man Mountain Mike beat Bone Crusher 1. Uh, Charlie Parker beat Willie D. Charisma. Giant Warrior and Reggie Montgomery beat Parker and Saint Justin St. John. Jerry Lawler beat Rocky Mountain Thunder. And the Colorado Kid beat Bone Crusher 2. Uh, in Lake City, Arkansas, June 8th, Justin St. John beat Rob McClarity. Samantha beat Miss Texas. Colorado Kid beat Charlie Parker. Bill Dundee beat Ricky Steele. And Giant Warrior beat Jerry Lawler. Um, Rocky Mountain Thunder. By DQ. That, yeah, by DQ. Rocky Mountain Thunder. Uh, that's that's a name. Um, if I'm not mistaken, that's like a an early 90s name, I think. Oh, I got to look him up here. 
see Rocky Mountain Thunder here. Because I'm like, I know that name. Let's see your cage match. Cage match. Okay. All right. Uh, he worked AWA in the yeah. late 80s. Yeah. So, yeah. Yep. Rocky Mountain Thunder from the AWA. I was like, that name sounds familiar. Here he is in 1996 in Lake City, Arkansas. Or in Corning, Arkansas, sorry. Uh, July 1st, 96 Observer. Uh, we have a result from the June 22nd Poplar Bluff, Missouri show. Big Mama Cyrus beat Samantha. Man Mountain Mike beat the Pink Phantom. Bone Crushers beat Action Jackson and Ricky Steele. Colorado Kid and Giant Warrior uh, beat Shaw, Steve, Shaw Williams and Steve Stratton. Chris Graham and Justin St. John beat Mad Mountain Mike and J.C. Ice. Phantom and Charlie Parker beat Ron McClarity and Reggie Montgomery. Graham and St. John defeat their Bone Crushers. And Kid and Warrior beat McClarity and Phantom. Action Jackson is here. So that's an old, old name from Burt's Texas past. Pops up in Poplar Bluff in 96. Uh, July 15, 1996. Uh, Burt and the USW have struck a deal to promote joint shows. Every Friday night in Jonesboro, Arkansas, the groups have run shows together in the past, which has been mainly successful, but not on a weekly basis. So they're just going to split the town. Yeah. But I think, you know, we talk about how USWA needed Burt, but Burt kind of needed them too. Because Jonesboro, it's not the town that it was for him in the beginning. I mean, we don't, we start to not get attendance figures, which I imagine is because they're not drawing well. Very possible. And also Jonesboro, like, as we've said, Jonesboro and Memphis are an hour away. Jonesboro and Evansville is much farther. That's It's nearly five hours away. So if if Bert is, is headquartered in Evansville and he's running up there and running Missouri, southern Missouri, Jonesboro's more close closely associated with memphis than where he's based out of at this point it's probably beneficial for him to just let uswa to have part of that town and just give it up not only give it up but uh you know just not have it as a main focus at this point august 19 1996 here uh in the observer we have an august 2nd jonesboro arkansas result where bart sawyer Beat Reggie, be fine. Giant Warrior beat Ron McClarity. Brian Christopher beat fine. Colorado Kid beat Justin St. John. And Wolfie D went to a no contest with Jamie Dundee. So it, I I think I remember this from USWA television where they were kind of teasing some tension between uh, Wolfie D and JC Ice. But it looks like they actually did the matches here to, to not totally break them up with the Memphis crowd. Yeah, uh, even though they're an hour away, but yeah. That's what it right. seems like. Uh, and, and, and the USW might be kind of using some of this as a test run. Oh, let's see how it works over there, and then we'll bring it on our television. August 3rd in Corning, Reggie Montgomery beat Charlie Parker. Man Mountain Mike won a battle royal. Jason Shipman beat Justin St. John, and Colorado Kid beat Giant Warrior. So that's a very short, very small show. August 4th in a popular bluff, uh, we have Bart Sawyer beating Sizzler. So Bart Sawyer's still here. Charlie Parker beat Roger Montgomery. Bill Dundee and Sawyer beat Giant Warrior and Justin St. John. And Colorado Kid beat the Motor City Man Man. So we got Bart Sawyer, two appearances now. But we got the Motor City Man Man. 
who had the one appearance in WCW in what, like 92? <laughs> yeah. It was 92 or 93. Um, September 2nd, 1996, the USWA is doing more cooperative ventures with Burt Prentice's North American All-Star Wrestling as Colorado Kid defended his North American title, beating the Giant Warrior on the show. Plus, Flash Flanagan, Mike Samples, and Prentice all worked television on August 24th. <laughs> it's not a promotion versus promotion thing, at least right now. However, the top stars from each group are working both sides, so they all may have work. Results, uh, August 24th, Jonesboro drew 370. Giant Warrior and Ron McClarity beat the Bone Crushers. Flash Lanigan beat Mike Samples. Bert Sawyer beat Brickhouse Brown. In North American title, Colorado Kid beat Charlie Parker. And in Unified title, Jerry Lawler beat Brian Christopher. And in August 25th, in Poplar Bluff, drew 140. Ron McClarity beat and Re- beat Reggie Montgomery. Bone Crushers beat Giant Warrior and McClarity. Bart Sawyer beat Charlie Parker. And in North American title, Colorado Kid beat Bill Dundee. So Jonesboro is drawing, but they're drawing. Uh, with We're running joint shows joint now. Yeah, yeah. Because we got Lawler and Brian Christopher in the main event. Yeah, when Poplar Bluff seems to be still Bert's town, not doing too well. Uh, we got some more results here. I'll run them down quickly. Uh, September 9, 1996. We have results from August 28th. Giant Warrior beat Bone Crusher. Uh, this is Poplar Bluff. Uh, Charlie Parker beat Reggie Montgomery. Burt Sawyer beat Ron McClary and Colorado Kid beat Bill Dundee by DQ. We have August 29th in Jonesboro. 360. Charlie Parker beat Reggie Montgomery. Giant Warrior beat Bone Crusher. Bart Sawyer beat Ron McClary. Colorado Kid beat Bill Dundee. Jerry Lar beat Coco Beware. Kid and Christopher tied in a battle royal. So, okay, so that's Lawler's guy that he wants to put over, and Bert's guy, and they're like, "Oh, well, let's tie in the battle." <sighs> like, did that mean like, did they go to a time of draw? Did they both go over at the same time? I like, think if they did a probably the Luger Brent spot, that more than likely probably. So Denver first in Poplar Bluff, Bone Crusher beat Ron McClarity, Charlie Parker beat Reggie Montgomery, JT Dallas beat Vance Nevada, Bill Dundee beat Bart Sawyer, and a loser leaves town. The Colorado Kid beat the Giant Warriors. The Giant Warrior, we knew you, and now you're gone. <laughs> we got uh, September 26, 1996, uh, some more Observer results here <coughs> in Jonesboro. September 9th, uh, 239. So now Jonesboro's diving again. Charlie Parker beat Romeo Valentino, making his return. Reggie Montgomery beat Ron McClarity. The Vampire Warrior beat Bart Sawyer. That's Gangrel popping up here. Luna Vachon beating Miss Texas. Colorado Kid and Brian Christopher beat Bill and Jamie Dundee. Not too, too bad of a show. We got Gangrel. I never imagined the names that we'd see popping up here. Well, Gangrel and Luna driving in together, obviously. Uh, in Manila on September 12th at 228, that uh, we got Teddy Sweet beat Ron McClarity. Miss Texas beat Samantha. Colorado Kid beat Giant Warrior. Jamie Dundee beat Bart Sawyer. And Brian Christopher beat Bill Dundee. And then in September 15th in Poplar Bluff, we have Charlie Parker beating Jason Shipman. Roger, Reggie Montgomery beat Ron McClarity. Bart Sawyer beat the Mad Russian by Countout. And Colorado Kid beat bill dundee so uh giant warrior losing the loser leaves town match in poplar bluff missouri obviously didn't carry over into arkansas <laughs> not 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 at all 
from the October 14, 1996 Observer, Colorado Kid captured the unified title from Jerry Lawler on October 4th in Jonesboro, Arkansas. Kid is the top star for the North American All-Star Wrestling Group that runs in Arkansas, Missouri, and has a working relationship with USWA. Kid showed up on live Memphis television next morning with Burt Prentice as his manager, and Prentice said that Lawler was the most famous wrestler in the world and the only true world champion. Uh, from results from Donovan on October 3rd, Man Mountain Mike beat Terry Zane, JT Atlas beat Crusher Bones, Charlie Parker beat Richard Montgomery, and Colorado Kid beat the Tower of Doom. And on October 5th in Van Buren, Missouri, 282 draw here, Charlie Parker beat Reggie Montgomery, Debbie Combs beat Malia Saka, JT Atlas beat Crusher Bones, Burt Prentice beat Harvey Whippleman. Whippleman, Whippleman won a battle royal. <laughs> And Colorado Kid beat Bill Dundee to win the unified title. Harvey Whippleman. Singles action, losing to Burt Prentice, but he won a battle <laughs> Yeah, Burt and Harvey had a little uh, little angle going on during this time. On October 21st, 1996, the October 10th show in Memphis drew the second straight house of less than 400 fans and $1,900. Due to the poor crowds the past two weeks, no show is being scheduled for the week, and they're going back to the traditional Monday starting on October 21st. They had given up on Mondays because they felt the small, they blamed the small crowds on attempting to run a show against Nitro and Raw. However, moves to other nights have resulted in crowds failing. In addition, the other big excuse of the year was the security of the Mid-South Coliseum turning fans off. However, since the move from the Coliseum, crowds have continued to drop, making everyone realize that the problem is the talent. In addition, WCW drew a big crowd on October 14th in the Coliseum for Nitro, despite Jerry Lawler's best efforts to sabotage the show. Although Lawler is technically the booker, since he's gone so much, Burt Prentice is basically running things and bringing in much of his crew from North American promotion and building up Colorado. Kid is the top babyface. Kid also once again beat Lawler on the October 10th show when Sean Venom came to ringside with a snake and freaked Lawler out and Kid schoolboyed him. So not only is Burt stole their towns, pretty much put them in position that they have to partner. He's now the booker. Uh, it, wrestling. The man was strategic. <laughs> I wonder if this was a plan he had. Like, all right, listen, this is this is the step. Run towns. Run rival towns. Rival has to partner with you. Become Booker because <laughs> he did the same thing in Texas. Yeah, he just <laughs> weasels his way in. November 4th, 1996, we have an October 25th, Jonesboro, Arkansas show. No result, no number, uh, I'm sorry, no number of attendance. Uh, Terry Golden beat Bart, or defeated Bart Sawyer. So we got Bart Sawyer still here. Jamie Nundy beat Sean Williams. Uh, Charlie Parker beat Teddy Sweat. Brian Christopher retained the USW title uh, by DQ beating uh, Wolfie D. And the unified title, Colorado Kid beat Bill Dundee. We have a January 1896 Observer note where Randy Hales and Burt Prentice started a feud with Hales acting like a five-year-old yelling at Prentice saying that he's fat and can't catch him and run, run ran away. Prentice said that when his 210 pounds lands on Hales, he'll squash him. And announcer Jerry Lawler started laughing when Prentice claimed to weigh only 210. Uh, November 25th of 1996, Jerry Lawler captured the unified title from Colorado Kid on November 16th show in Memphis. The title change makes no sense since Lawler never works house shows in Memphis anymore. The finish saw both Hales and Prentice get involved as the referee was distracted. Lawler used an illegal pile driver 
pile driver, sorry. And then December 2nd, 1996, it appears that there's been a split between this promotion and Burr Prentice since Colorado Kid is gone. That didn't last long. And here we are, Burt running solo again. Uh, and I think what we'll do, we, we plan to go further, but the, the, Burt's an interesting guy. So we got to the end of 96 here. And when we pick up, we'll, we'll go from 97 uh, uh, for part three here. We'll wind it down here uh, for part two. Uh, but just to kind of recap what's going on here. So he starts his Ozark Mountain promotion, just running in Arkansas. Gets dangerously close to Memphis, starts running in towns and steals a town from Memphis in Evansville, runs very close to West Memphis, and then they work, they partner with him. And now he's got them plugging him on television and all that. Then he becomes the booker, and then all of a sudden, here's another split. Uh, it, you know, with Bert, his entrepreneurial spirit is absolutely tremendous in this era. He always wanted to be involved, always wanted to run a promotion. But, man, his tenures were very short at places. Yeah. Um, that's the. And it just doesn't seem like it was him every time. I mean, like, there's a different. It seems to be a different reason every time he's exiting a company or a business venture falls apart. It's not like one single thing can be traced, like one reason for for every incident. You know, and I, I think he saw a situation in, I, just, I think he saw a situation that Memphis was kind of a dying town and you know what, kind of take advantage of the best he can. So. Yeah. And like I said, it, it helped him. It definitely helped him in Arkansas and Jonesboro. Um, but yeah, just USWA, as you just read, uh, they were doing really bad in Memphis. Business was going down. And I do believe this is around the time that Lawler and Jerry Jarrett got out of the promotion business and sold the company, which uh, that will be talked about at length in the next episode. Uh, just because Bert is involved in that um not directly involved with the sale but like his promotion and himself it he's deeply involved in other situations going on around that time all right so uh as we we wrap up here uh part two uh the Burt Prentice uh, deep dive on rediscovering the indies uh First off, thank you once again. Thank you guys for all listening. You can check us out um, on social media, RTI Pod on Twitter and now Instagram. Now I just got to get it on the Facebook to be RTI Pod, but you can check us out there on social media. Of course, we're available on Google uh, Music, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, and many other uh, podcast services. But uh, this episode is dropping on March thirtieth, and yourself and me uh, uh so yourself and i i don't know <laughs> me and yourself we'll, we'll be in dallas uh actually uh coming up here the whole wrestlemania weekend we got a lot going on um and uh, i'll kind of run down my schedule and then you kind of have a, a you have a kind of a schedule where you'll be uh for me um 
the Thursday night, I'm actually, uh, and once again, folks, if you see us, stop, say hi, stop by. But uh, Thursday night on March 31st, I'm going to be doing stand-up comedy at Hattricks in Louisville. There's some Illinois comics there. Uh, as well as Texas comics with wrestling connections. Uh, so I'm looking forward to that. That's a free show at seven 30. I'll be hosting a, a night of stand up there on Friday. I'll be at, uh, Zoe live and that's going to be in, uh, Arlington, Texas. That is a promotion normally based out of Illinois near the Iowa border, but, uh, that's going to be in Arlington, Texas at cover all bases. It's their guava mania two show. Gary J's on there. Miss Akita's on there. Devlin McCrabbery's on there. And many others. Um, uh, a team that I'm really looking forward to work with, a team called Fly Death. They're Booker T students. And I think they're going to be in the breakout stars of that weekend. Uh, and uh, I'll be ringing on something just fun. And I'm also doing play by play. So <laughs> as we were recording. So uh, there's a live stream. And you can go to the ZOA Live Facebook. But there's a live stream for that that's only $5. Uh, and you can hear me. Uh, Try to try to do play by play <laughs> as I haven't done it much. And then Saturday, uh, two times to catch me in, in the Dallas area. I'm going to be at Texas Rough House Wrestling. That's at 2 p.m. That's at Bedford, Texas, the Turning Point Beer. Uh, that's got Rodney Mack. That's got uh, Marty the Moth. It's got Sledge, uh, Big Beef, and others. And then I'll also be in Fort Worth that night at 7.30 for This Is Manly. That show's got Ricky Morton, Gringo Loco. Uh, it, it's got uh, Simon Gotch. Billy Gunn's going to be there. He's got this supplement he's bringing with him called Gunpowder. <laughs> so um, some jam-packed shows. Uh, and I'll be ringing, ring announcing, doing play-by-play, doing stand-up. And hey, if you're a promoter, you're listening to us, you need somebody last minute. I'm there. I'm bringing my ref stuff too, just in case. <laughs> so I'm looking to make my WrestleMania weekend schedule as busy as possible. And uh, Asha, I know you kind of have a, uh, uh, you're going to, you're going to be more busy than I am, but you just have a broad idea where you'll be. Yeah. Um, as everyone knows, uh, or should know, I, I'm a producer for GoPro wrestling. So we do a lot of, we do most of the GCW shows. Uh, most of the game changer wrestling shows we do wrestle pro uh many other top copies in the northeast and around around the area will be in texas the entire crew will be down there um we will actually be doing both uh the collective and wrestlecon where you're working with uh working with two other teams so we're kind of divvying up splitting everything up there so uh not really sure where I'm going to be as of yet. I know I'm going to do some. I'm going to be producing some collective shows. I'll be producing some stuff over at WrestleCon uh, on Friday, April first. Uh, there will be there's a Fed called Zello Pro that's running in Fort Worth. Um, be producing that show. Um, not really sure about specifics on where they're live streaming yet. Um, as that is a GoPro operation there. But uh, check them out on social media, Zillow Pro. Um, other than that, uh, other than that, uh, I'll be around, be hanging out at the Collective and WrestleCon where I'm not doing any shows. Um, and then, don't know when uh, I'm leaving Texas. All I know is I have to be home sometime in the middle of the week as I'm flying back out to Los Angeles and then San Francisco for for GCW the week after that. Um, so be pretty busy. Uh, any other time 
like I said, I'll be in Texas. I'll be hanging out with Gullo. So stop by, find us, buy us a beer. Yeah, Ash is a busy man, and he does all the research on the show, folks. So, yeah, if you see him, buy him a beer. <laughs> yes, and <laughs> I spent like an extra five hours today doing the research, not realizing. We that, thought we were uh, going to get to Music City Wrestling. We just yeah, thinking we were going to get to it. So I like I did the I did the research for next month already. You know, my one day, my one day home. So I did. I produced GCW at the Roxy, which would have been Thursday from when we were taping it. I flew back on Friday, drove to Pennsylvania to do to work camera at an MMA show, drove to Connecticut to produce Northeast Wrestling on Sunday, which would have been yesterday. Drove home. Doing the podcast now, and I'm leaving for Texas first thing in the morning as I'm driving down because I need to bring production equipment. So it's been uh, it, it's been a, a very eventful week, and as I said, like it's going to be eventful another two weeks after this. Yeah, I, I'm excited uh, for this to spend uh, this upcoming weekend with you, uh, and it's it's going to be fun. And like I said, I want to see as many people as possible. Stop by, say hi. Uh, it's going to be a fun uh, few days. So, yeah, folks, we'll be back uh, with this at the end of April with with part three, probably of a five-part Burt Prentiss deep dive. But, uh, you know, he's he's an interesting individual. And I was one of the most interesting entrepreneurs in pro wrestling history, for sure. But uh, for that, uh, one, once again, I want to thank uh, Matt Johnson and the podcast preceding the BICPP uh, Radio Network. Thank you all for listening, folks. And uh, we'll see you next time. Remember to support independent wrestling and keep on supporting independent wrestling history. Thank you. <laughs>